Could not be more pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Matt Damon. Are you one of those Patriot fans that takes Lee in the Jets and the butt fumbling? Scene? I made the Liberace movie this year, so that's fine. <laughs> There's some butt fumbling in that movie, too. Just a wee little bit. <laughs> Larry David, good to see you, sir. I think a lot of writers can be offensive coordinators. What's harder? If I could write stories, why would I be able to draw up a play? He is none other than Broadway, Joe Namath. If Mark were to get the nod, and if he played decently, if, uh, if, what a big word for only two letters, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Cannavale. I told you my Derek Jeter story. I had Yankees, Atlanta, for the World Series. Screaming, screaming, screaming. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He doesn't even look at me. Finally, last at bat, eighth <laughs> inning, yeah. Jeter comes up. Derek! Just turn around, man! Just turn around! <laughs> Finally, he like dumb. He does the thing with the weight. He's about to go up. He turns around. He looks at me. He goes, "Bro, I hear you." <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Hey there, everybody. It is Thanksgiving week in the National Football League. Happy Thanksgiving to one and all. And we appreciate you taking the time to download and listen to this podcast uh, this week. Or perhaps maybe you were all trying to avoid contact with your family members. So why not just put in the earbuds, put on the headsets, and listen to the dulcet tones of your humble host, Chris Brockman and Chris Law, <laughs> and not pay attention to your family. And if that's what is going down, then we are honored. We are pleased that you're using us as the wall between you and your crazy-ass family. Rich, you guys are my football family. Hey. Football family. Nice to see you. You are coming over to my house for Thanksgiving, are you not? It's possible that I am, What yes. do you mean it's possible? Well, I don't know when I'm going to get out of here on Thursday, but I will be making an appearance at your house. I mean, there's, you know. Well, I mean, here's what I'm saying, Rich. No, well, what are, wait, are, are you? Chuck, what are, over here. Well, no, well, I, I, I just assumed you were going out of town. Are you going out no, of town? No, uh, the wife and I are here. She's, what are you uh, doing? I got to work a little bit of the day because um, I'm, I'm producing Friday's Fantasy Live show, but uh, I'm going to come in for a few hours and then. You want to come over? I'll pop over. Yeah, I'm going to a buddy's house in West Hollywood uh, with his wife, but we can also make the appearance at a. Uh, please, no, it's. You know, come no, on. I mean, don't go out of your Way. Of course, I want to come over. So wait a minute, are you and your wife coming over? Yes, or? it would be okay. my wife and I. No, and then, I and then two people I don't know. No, or? we we would. Uh, well, maybe I don't know. No, we're going to You're their house. They have some family Mark. there. He's Can you? A, you can't be. Look, you, you just cannot spun go this to, upon me. I know that, but you also can't go to somebody's house more than just the plus one of your wife on a Thanksgiving. No, I mean, no, that, I wouldn't do that to you, Rich. Certainly, there's no people. room at your house. I wouldn't let you more, do that to for me. For any more people. We can't fit any more people at your house. Should should we just start over again with the invitation? I mean, <laughs> what's going on Thursday? Are, would you would would you and your lovely wife like to come to Thanksgiving at my house? We would love to. What time are you thinking, sir? Are you bringing anybody? Uh, no. Okay, Won't be good. Anybody. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> come whenever you want. I'm just looking to get through the day with three kids in that house. Oh wow! Well, we have an early start on Thursday. Rich. I know. Game day morning. Well, it's actually late for us. Game day morning starts at starts at seven a.m. Pacific, ten a.m. Eastern. So that's great. I'll take that and run with it. <laughs> that's an hour later. And you for guys us. go right up to nine thirty. We take you right up until kickoff of the Lions and Packers, which is going to be a huge game in the NFC North between the now suddenly six and five Lions. By the way, the Lions have lost two in a row ever since we had the topic bar on NFL game day morning of. What must happen? How, how will the Lions not win the NFC North? What was our topic bar? Of what, like, what do the Lions have to do 
to lose the NFC North. Right. Because at the time they had just swept the Bears to go six and three and have right. the tie break over them, and Rodgers had a broken collarbone. So everybody just assumes it's the Lions' year. Of course. And asking the topic question. As I said on the air, every Lion fan knows that there's a trap door that's going to open up. And guess what happened? After scoring 27 first-half points in Pittsburgh in week number 11 and losing that game in Pittsburgh, the Lions went ahead and, and, and got beat by McLennan, who is lighting it up right now for the, the surging three-in-a-row winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so now the Lions are 6-5 and five now in the NFC North with the Bears having gotten smoked by the St. Louis Rams, which I believe a couple of us predicted Indeed. in this room. Indeed. Um, Not me. That they, they went ahead and now they're 6-5. and five, And the Packers, after a tie <laughs> against the one-win Vikings at home in which the move at quarterback was made that I'm still – I still would like to know. I understand that – that 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 feet have to got, be gotten wet, and you have to move things in a in a in a, a timely manner if you're a coach. But I have no idea how Matt Flynn just can't come off the street and start for the Green Bay Packers. And Scott Tolzien started uh, at home and got pulled. And as soon as Matt Flynn came in the game, there was suddenly a rhythm to the Packers' offense. But the Packers' defense is the big problem in Green Bay, in my mind. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers needing to come back and healthy is what the Packers need, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't play defense. They can't stop anybody. Toby Gerhart was sma- was slashing them up. They can't get off the field when they need it. And the Packers tied the game and could not score uh, more than a, t- a field goal in overtime. And there's talk about when, you know, when you're in fourth and one in overtime, just right. try and score the touchdown and end the game as opposed to kicking the field goal because if it doesn't, if you don't score, your opponent is on the one-yard line and you're going to get the ball back most likely around midfield and then you can kick the field goal there. But as we'll talk on this show, clearly what happens in overtime now with the new rules, it's no longer what what we grew up on, as Bill Belichick showed. It's by, not your father's overtime. It right? is not your father's overtime. It's not even your older brother's overtime, if no. you think about it with the new changes of the rules and Bill Belichick on that Sunday night game that we'll get into a little bit more on this show about him giving the ball to Peyton Manning when it was just a few short years ago that he was so concerned about giving the ball to Peyton Manning, he went for it on fourth and two in his own end of a game. Same coach, same quarterback, totally different circumstances. Obviously with Father Time having added on, to uh, and they to were Peyton at, Manning's they were arm and Indy. neck. They were at Indy. They were at Indy. And, 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 and a totally different totally way different. of looking at overtime now. But at any rate, the Packers are 5-5-1 five, five and one, and a half game out of the division lead that they can grab at Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. That's a big game. Indeed it is. Your boy Matt McGloin has a big start. He does. In Dallas. Oh, in I, wanted, I wanted the Raiders to win so bad so this weekend. I, I wanted to get Came on. close. Titans and uh, the Amish Rifle. Are now in the ahead. sixth spot. They went ahead and they came from behind and beat Oakland in the final seconds. And the cavalcade of five and six teams in the AFC. It's crazy. Currently led by the Tennessee Titans. And you take a look at the standings. The Jets entered Week 12 at 5-5 five and five in the sixth seed. 
The Dolphins entered Week 12 at 5-5 five and five in the seventh seed. And right now, with the Dolphins and Jets having lost in Week 12, joining the Titans, Steelers, Ravens, Chargers with a big win in Kansas City, all at 5-6, and six, the Jets and Dolphins went from 6-7 to 10-11. It's crazy. Falling behind Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and San Diego. And the problem for the Jets is the 6-7-8 and eight teams that they had a leg up on going into Week 12 have all beaten them. Jets are also 2-6 and six in the AFC. That's, that's bad. So the tiebreak that they have as a, a conference tiebreak is brutal. Who do you got coming out, Rich? And the head-to-head tiebreak is even worse because they just lost to Baltimore, they lost to Pittsburgh, they lost to Tennessee. Who do I have coming six out of the AFC? Six teams at five and six. Who gets the six spot? I take a look at all of them and say, who's the best team there? Which is the best team of all of them? And I say it's San Diego. That's what I think. They have four home games left. They do. That's huge. Give me the Chargers schedule. Chargers. What about the Steelers? Hold on a minute. Give me the Chargers schedule. All right, I got it. The San Diego Chargers with a huge win in Kansas City, a game that had nine lead changes, nine lead changes in that game. That game, was, was, that game was crazy. Very exciting. And it, unless you're a Chiefs fan, because that defense that we were all singing the praises about because they had won nine games and did it without giving up more than 17 points in any of those nine, nine games that they started off 9-0, and that defense has disappeared. And they couldn't touch Peyton Manning on that Sunday night game in week 11. And then in week 12, Phillip Rivers darn near threw for 400 yards against him. But he's been doing that on a lot of people this year. And a dime to win the game. And you take a look at the San Diego schedule. It reads as such. Go for it. They are home against Cincinnati and the G-Men at Denver. And then they finish up the season with division opponents home against the Raiders, home against the Chiefs. And that's a big game, obviously, this week in, in, in San Diego not for Cincinnati. Not an easy schedule. Not Cincinnati easy schedule. is coming off of a bye week. It is not an easy schedule. I think that they still can beat uh, – they can win all of them except maybe the game that's in Denver. That's a Thursday night game. That's our Thursday night finale right? for the 2013 season, kicking off week 15. It's their only road game left, but at home – they against a Houston team that could still have maybe only one win because of how San Diego was up on Houston to start that Monday night game and have lost ever since Houston went up to 2-0. and They have lost every game since, including one at home to Jacksonville this weekend, this past weekend. You take a look at the San Diego losses. They lost at Oakland. Then they had three in a row that has really been crippling for them this season, losing in overtime to Washington when they had it on the one-inch line at the end of regulation and couldn't punch it through. Washington scored 30 points in that game. The same Redskins that had six possessions in the second half of the Monday night finale of Week 12 and could not sustain a drive longer than nine yards. San Diego lost to that team, but at least for San Diego, it's an out-of-conference loss. The loss in Denver... And then the loss at Miami in weeks 10 and 11. Those three in a row are crippling for San Diego. But I think if they win the three of their final five, three of their final five, it's eight and eight. Eight and eight. And that is possible to be a playoff spot. That currently is 
is being occupied by a sub-500 team in the AFC right now. 8-8 eight and eight might be good enough to do it. Wow. It's possible. This is a big game against Cincinnati, which has, you know, its own dog in this hunt for, for a two-seed because Cincinnati beat New England. You take a look at the top of this conference, New England has a dog in the hunt for the one seed because they now have a tiebreak over Denver, which is only one game in front of them, and Denver's at Kansas City this weekend. Denver could drop from one to the five this week, or it could solidify itself atop the AFC West by sweeping the Chiefs. Big game this weekend coming up. New England's at home against Houston. That's a wrap. You know New England's going to have a 9-3 and three record by the end of this weekend. If Denver's 9-3... and three, they're, ho- they're home. It's in Houston, Rich. It's in Houston? In Houston. Okay, so it doesn't matter. Right. New England could be in front of Denver by the end of the weekend. Yep. It could be a 1. Or if Denver beats Kansas City, Denver stays 1 and essentially will either be 1 or 2 going into the playoffs, knowing that they will not drop down to 5 right. because Kansas City would have to leapfrog would have to leapfrog Denver with just four games remaining. Well, if, if Kansas City wins this game, they're the one seed, correct? If Kansas so City wins this game... They have to be the they one would seed because they're the only team with two losses. They would be the one seed. Well, it would be a tiebreak as well because, yes, well, if, if Kansas City wins this game, they would be the, they'd go from five to one and yeah. Denver would drop from one to five. And it would be Kansas City that New England would be chasing. Yeah. Um, then you take a look at the three-four seed. Cincinnati is 7-4, and four, one game behind New England, which they beat earlier this year, keeping Tom Brady out of the end zone, which hadn't been done in 40-some-odd games before. And so you take a look at that, especially with Indianapolis – Ooh. Getting boat raced in Arizona, they just cannot. What's going on? Get out the of playoffs? the blocks. Did the Titans win that division? Well, the Titans are the Titans Ugh. are the Titans have a big game there in Indianapolis. That's must win territory. Because if Indianapolis wins this, they go to eight and four, and then they have the tiebreak over Tennessee, and 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 it would be a three game lead again for Indianapolis, the same lead that they had after the Week Eleven kickoff of Thursday Night Football. Yeah, You take a look at that. If Indianapolis beats Tennessee, they've got a three-game lead and the tiebreak. It's a wrap it's in the South. They will host a, a playoff game. The only question is, will it be against the loser of the AFC West, who you don't want, or will it be against whichever is the, the sixth seed to come out of this current sub-500 scrum? So Cincinnati beating San Diego, getting to eight wins – and it's not even a given anymore that Cincinnati is going to win this division because look who is suddenly now five and six, two games behind them. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Baltimore beat the Jets, did, did, the, did, did, did what everybody's been doing to Geno Smith essentially the last month, turning him over left, right, up, down, sideways. And the Jets are you know going to start Geno Smith again this week against Miami, a big game in that division. And Pittsburgh plays Baltimore on Thanksgiving night. One of those teams is going to be 6-6, six and six, potentially one game behind Cincinnati. There'll definitely be a game and a half behind Cincinnati with a winner of that game. And also the winner of that game would be the sixth seed going into the rest of the weekend because they'll be one half game above Tennessee. 
So Tennessee should enjoy the, the sixth seed for a moment because by Thanksgiving night's end, it will be out of that sixth seed. Man, Pittsburgh could be in the playoffs with a minus 13-point P- differential. And Pittsburgh is the only their, – their remaining opponents, they only have one team above 500. Read it. Bengals, 7-4. They play the Ravens, 5-6 and six on Thursday. Dolphins, 5-6 and six the following week. Bengals, 7-4. and four. Packers – Where are, are these games taking place? Uh, it's So at Baltimore, at home versus the Dolphins – at Cincinnati, uh, at Lambeau Field, and then at home versus the Browns to wrap up the season. The Steelers are back, man. Wow. They might sneak in. That's who. That's who. Um, Marshall. Uh, no, that Marshall and Mooch said the Jets. Marshall this is Mooch before the, the Ravens game. Yep, they're going to win the six seed. Kurt said the Steelers. Kurt said the Steelers <laughs> on Sunday game day morning. Yep. It's wide open, and we're going to talk about all of this stuff as best we can with our guests, two of whom are in studio. Gillian Jacobs, the lovely and talented Gillian Jacobs, who took this podcast by storm in her one appearance last year. She did. With her first and second chance in long <laughs> by saying, that, why do you call it a down? Isn't it a chance? I'm like, you know, you're, not, you're, you're right. And then I used it, I believe, on a subsequent Thursday night highlight. I think you referenced it six times I did. in six the times. highlight. Yep. Yep. Well, that's what I do for my guests. She's in studio. She'll be joining us. Nice. Um, you know who's also in studio? Mr. Bad Grandpa himself. Oh, no. Johnny Knoxville. Johnny I, Knoxville. Johnny freaking Knoxville. I went on and this saw podcast. this movie yesterday. Bad fitting, Grandpa? Fitting because RG3 got kicked in the Musburgers that's last right. night. <laughs> <laughs> we got Johnny Knoxville on here. I got a lot of tweets about... About, oh, yeah. about RG. Oh, yeah. But let's start this podcast off with a return from a man who's uh, from the Pittsburgh area. Pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, a man whose radio show can be heard coast to coast every single day. And uh, he is uh, now back for a third time this season, which we are thrilled about. Dennis Miller returning to the program. How are you, Dennis? I'm flattered to be uh, let into the Algonquin of the gridiron. <laughs> <laughs> it is my pleasure. Sort of like Dorothy Parker and Mail Drag. It is absolutely my pleasure, <laughs> Dennis. Let, let's start with the Steelers. Last time we spoke, they 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 had a, a little bit of a fork stuck in them that they are now using it per, potentially to carve up the rest of the AFC North. They enter this big Thanksgiving night game with a chance to get back to five hundred. I'm I'm sort of surprised by it. How about you? Uh, I, I I always buy stock in Tomlin. You know, even if the stock wavers, it's one of those things where they always say, well, the price went down a little. I'm always a buy on Tomlin. And when I heard him say, hey, listen, you jag-offs, no more foosball in the locker room until we get to 500, I thought, good for you. So uh, now I'm a big Tomlin guy. I'm a big Roethlisberger guy. And I don't know what the hell they did over there. Maybe you can tell me who the O-line guy is, but they've congealed, right? I mean, for a while there, it was a sieve, but I, something's up. Well, the, the the idea is, or at least one of the many theories, is that he actually is operating the Todd Haley offense in the manner that the offensive coordinator wants it, that you hit you hit your foot and you get rid of it. You just get rid of it. There's no reason to hold on to it and wait till you're hit before the play begins in your mind, and, and that's part of the reason. Well, listen, I'm not going to pretend that Todd Haley is in any way, shape, or form, much like Kevin Gilbride, Bill Walsh. So this whole <laughs> Todd Haley philosophy, you're not going to bring it up to me, and it's like the Magna Carta. But I do know this, Roethlisberger is a guy who will never go down, never quit fighting. You give him half a chance, he's going to hit open guys. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. And somebody's got to go there. It's got to be Dick Haley's son, although Dick Haley 
before the Steelers even joined Blesto V, I believe, mm-hmm. able to bring in Mike Webster, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, and I think Splat Lambert in one draft. So what, that's crazy. I'll, I'll forgive Todd Haley a lot of grievances just for the old man's drafting, drafting acumen. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite stories that Rod Woodson has told me was when he was a rookie walking into that locker room, and it was truly like the the night at the museum in Canton, Ohio, you know, <laughs> and, and he just looked around and he just knew how many of these guys were going to be in the pro football hall of fame on, you know, obviously at the time he didn't know he would be in there one day, but he just, he just couldn't believe his jaw hit the floor. As the yeah. Well, all I know is this Rod Woodson's one of the greatest football players I've ever seen. One of certainly one of the top 10 athletes I've ever seen. And Barry Sanders, I don't know what God's name time space stargate he had fallen through blew out both his knees on one play with a cut that was so savage it reminded me of the wild mouse ride at the carnival when i was a kid where it would do that hard 90 do you remember that play where sanders cut so hard that it took both the woodson's legs out simultaneously no rod has told me that story too i mean you sanders know. just god bless him i don't know how he walks away but uh you know that's the only thing i've ever seen close to sayers rod's rod or Barry Sanders. No doubt. No doubt. What what did you make of the Sunday night game where Peyton Manning got himself up 24 and then Brady rampages back, goes into overtime, and, and we all saw what happened. Well, overtime. it'll show you, Rich, how it really is like a long, you know, when you read about the Titanic and you go, how did it arrive at that place at that millisecond? It's like a long laundry list of things that gets it right there so it creases six plates and goes down. When you look at these games, you can talk about the the Bradys, and certainly you should. I mean, he's he's an all-timer, Peyton an all-timer. But it comes down to these little intricacies that it's very cold, and the kid gets freaky, the 5'5 kid. I don't even know what his name is. The little guy gets freaked out. He can't handle the rock. At some point, they got to put Welker back there. Welker's a great oh, mensch, so but then again, he thinks he can field everything. He takes a step up. It's wobbly in the wind. He takes a step back. He doesn't make the call off because he's not holiday, and he hasn't been there every day in practice. The other kid's just trying to peel somebody off him so he doesn't get splatted because he's so, so fearless that he's no doubt thinking in the subconscious, Wes is going to step up and take this. I better lay somebody out. Welker forgets the call for a nanosecond. The kid gets stinged with it, and that's how they win the game. You can have huge stars all over the field, but at the end of the day, there's a you know a cosmic weave to these games that leads to the defeats. And part of the cosmic weave was Belichick giving the ball to Peyton Manning to start overtime, which definitely was an eyebrow raiser, certainly from a guy who once upon a time didn't want to give Peyton Manning the ball late in the game so badly he went for it on fourth and two. Yeah, but the game's just changed. You know, I mean, that, that that's an easy call in that win when three doesn't beat you. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. Three doesn't. It's just that's the smart call right there, and uh, you can see Belichick's poo-poo in that. I don't think that takes a wizard, especially since a, a three out of the box doesn't beat you. You know, you're essentially saying go into the wind and put it in the end zone from 80 yards away, and you know, the odds on that are. But Peyton hadn't looked that night exactly like. He, listen. Put it this way, Peyton's still great, but it gets cold like that, and he, it gets a little tricky for him because I think he's been dinged a lot. Well, and then that's going to be the narrative moving forward here, that regardless if they are the top seed in the AFC when it's all said and done, or even if they have to go to New England uh, to get to New Jersey where the game, the big game is played outdoors, where the weather is probably going to be like that, mm-hmm. um, that the, that's a wrap that the Broncos are not going to be – Super Bowl champions just merely because of that. What do you? Where do you place that theory? 
Well, I think at some point that kid who fumbled, I think, has got skills. And I've seen Mike Anderson's, you know, something about Denver. They know how to run the ball. And I think down the road they're going to have to go to 30 carries with that ball kid. And, you know, uh, these things aren't served in the game, sitting Ridley, sitting ball, all those things. But somewhere down the road, the kid gets it in his head. He has that, uh, you know, the the Tiki Barber moment where he thinks, I can't fumble anymore. And I I think that they've proven right now that Peyton cannot go back, drop back in the cold 35 times. You know, listen, he's always Peyton. He could pull anything out. But you've got to run it, and you've got to run it a lot. And maybe ball is set up to make that run now uh, in the postseason when it's cold because he just understands that he can't fumble the ball anymore. Yeah, I mean, in the, the, the drive that Manning had to tie the game at 31, he threw some dimes. I mean, he was he was throwing the ball yeah, in windows. Yeah, Peyton Manning. He violates all laws of rural nature, <laughs> much less climate. But I do know this. If you're asking me, do I think Peyton can step up four games in a row in the playoff in freezing temperatures and do it, uh, I'd have to... You know, like I said, there's always the puncher's chance, but I'd have to say, eh, the cat's just older now. And I think he did get dinged up around the neck area, and I don't think he throws the lasers he used to. And so you put it all into the thing. Now, at any given moment, can Peyton step on and go 30 out of 35? Yeah, sure, he's Peyton Manning. But do I think that's going to happen four games in a row in the cold? Probably not. And interestingly enough, you know, um, th- th- this has come to the fore because of the Welker punt that wasn't fielded, and obviously the muff that led to the field goal, is that that's called the Peter play. Have you heard that, Dennis? That it's called, the call is called Peter, that whoever's back there, like Welker, is supposed to scream the word out, Peter, Peter, yeah. to all of his players. Well, and I not remember a more libidinous day, free love days, when Peter and muff in the same set, something <laughs> completely different. That's what Maybe we should change it to Balzer. What do you think? You scream Balzer. What I do don't think? know, but at this point, we're sh- <laughs> there's a vast deference, as they say, between <laughs> Peter and Muff in the late 60s today. Oh, man. I knew I, I should ask you that question. Sorry, I know. I it's too good. I myself in a comedic box vast canyon deference. where I had to make use of it. I had to MacGyver together a joke there. You did is that well. the first vast deference no question. in the history of the podcast? It is. And I hope it's not the last. I gotta be very, very honest. First of a joke. <laughs> what do you think about the Monday night game this week, Dennis? Well, that's what everybody's oh, talking God, about. That's... The Saints and the Seahawks. Well listen, that's a big hit for the Seahawks, that kid. Is he out for a year as of today? Well, we don't know if Browner Browner's gonna be out of the game regardless because he's hurt. And we don't know what this suspension he might be facing and, and you know, they they definitely have uh, a space in that legion of boom in the secondary that they need to fill moving forward. The question is, how long will they have to fill it in deep into the playoffs or not? But he's he's definitely not playing this Monday night. That's for sure. Well, listen, I, you know, I where's the game at? Is it's it in Seattle? Seattle. Yeah, that's the whole thing. All yeah. right, well, that's a big deal. But uh, all I know is this: nobody since Marino, maybe. And I know he doesn't have that sort of, listen, nobody had the bing-bang like Marino. That was like uh, Ali, see opening flick jab. But Drew Brees, from the moment he sees what's afoot to the moment he springs on the feet a little and looses the rock, is about as quick and devastating as anybody out there right now. I mean, he is a beast, man. And if he gets on and they get into that unconscious thing with him and Colston where there need be nothing said except receiver throw ball they're one of the few teams i think that can overdo that 12th man up there in seattle 
But that being said, Russell Wilson is about as cool as it gets, man. You know, like uh, uh, Montana used to have that little move where it was like the the horse move in chess where you'd go two forward, one square over, Mm -hmm. and he'd always buy himself an extra millisecond to find the open guy. And Wilson has those sort of radar chops. Uh, Put it that way, that game could be your Super Bowl winner. That is a hell of a game. Who do you guys got? Well, that's a good one. You got DeVry versus the College of Cardinals, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was funny the other day we 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 uh we promoted it on game day morning our sunday show with that we have because we have this week off for thanksgiving and we have two more games after that and they put it on the same graphic which yeah, is they were houston, solid games i remember seeing them thinking houston, a lot of talking going on that night. i know it's houston at jacksonville and then it's san diego at <laughs> denver is our last one so i promote it this way i'm like uh, hey we got two games to go houston at jacksonville but look at that other one <laughs> Hey, San Diego at Denver. Now I'm going to be able to talk that one up because Phil Rivers went into Arrowhead this week and beat him with with 20 ticks to go. Phil Rivers has a little honey boo-boo in him. Uh, (laughs) First honey boo-boo reference on the podcast. He's getting a little dingy on you. That's the wonderful whites of West Virginia there. But God bless him. (laughs) Beautiful pass. And uh, I don't know where those two guys are. Uh, in that division, uh, what do we hear about Tom, uh, the, the Hall kid and the other kid, Houston? For I heard Houston was so swelled up they couldn't even MRI. That is him. correct. Is they any couldn't... word on him? Is he mm-hmm. out now? No, we don't know because they've got to go chase down Peyton Manning this week, and they couldn't lay a glove on him in Denver. And as you point out, their two rushers, Jeez, Houston and Tom Bahali, might not be available to them, which would mean all of a sudden a three-game losing streak potentially for the team that started 9-0. Yeah, and well, isn't that amazing? Um, all I know is that uh, Geno Smith's a bad quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> all I can say is I yeah. can't say much about the league that's empirical, but there are times I watch Geno Smith and he throws like uh, Matt Murdock in the Daredevil comics. <laughs> He's, he 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 looks like sometimes, with all due respect, a right-handed Tim Tebow, <laughs> which is not an well, upgrade of the position. Well, find Christ soon because there's some pain coming. <laughs> up. Too much, man. And Rex is riding them all the way. But I'll tell you something about Rex and Marty Morinwig. They'll go all Stockholm syndrome on them. They will never cop to it. I heard him the other day talking about this isn't a Geno problem. I saw a passer rating of 10.3. <laughs> and I thought, what do you got to get into single digits on a 152 yes. scale for it to be the quarterback's fault? <laughs> That's the DEFCON one. Yes, yeah. it is underneath single digits. Uh, before I let you go, what what does Thanksgiving look like in the in the Dennis Miller household. Well, we have uh, turducken tea, which is a turkey inside, a duck inside, a chicken inside. New Jersey Mayor Chris or Governor Chris Christie. So that's what we, the turducken tea is the rule of the that's land. Unique. That's unique. How in the hell do the Raiders end up on? Uh, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal because it goes back and forth between CBS and Fox every year. Uh, one goes to Detroit, one goes to Dallas. It was CBS's turn to go to Dallas, which means there's only two possibilities because uh, Dallas plays only two games at home against an AFC division, and that division is the AFC West. It was either Peyton Manning and the Broncos mm-hmm. or the Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys, oh, and I thought for sure we would see Peyton Manning in the beachfront property of Cowboys Stadium or AT&C Stadium or in Dallas, whatever the heck they call it. On, on CBS for Nance and Sims and the whole country to feast yeah, on. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. And it came up the Raiders instead. 
Well, I lost because for the last decade and a half, the Raiders have been playing like they're wearing the patch on the good eye. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says family gathering like the, the, the Oakland Raiders. So it's the Raiders and Matt McGloin for everyone to chew on. With the All two right, I'll be... <laughs> I'll be watching Matty McGloin, not since Mark Wilson and his Ichabod Crane visage cut the uh, <laughs> cut through Oakland Alameda. Have we seen a quarterback like that? Dennis, thanks for calling in. All again. right, happy holidays, it. brother. Same to you. That's Dennis Miller. You can listen to the Dennis Miller radio program. You can also see Dennis if you're in Huntington, New York, on December 5th. He's at the Paramount in Huntington, New York, on December 5th. And uh, the good folks of Dover Downs, Delaware. Oh, yeah, that's by my grandparents' house. Can get a chance to catch Dennis Miller live on January 17th. So that's December 5th at the Paramount in Huntington, New York, and then January 17th at Dover Downs, Delaware. And also you can listen again to the Dennis Miller radio program daily, coast to coast. And as we have done, I guess a custom here on the Rich Eisen podcast, after a Dennis Miller appearance, I turned things over to... Chris Brockman, who was taking down some of the references, the arcane references that Dennis was making, trying to you know, explain, not a, translate it to, for some of Not as many uh, off-the-wall ones as his first appearance, Rich, yeah. but he did get things going right off the top with the Algonquin Roundtable. The Algonquin. Which is a celebrated group of New York writers, critics, and actors, and wits, according to our good folks at Wikipedia. Yeah, it's a famous. It's a famous. So you knew that one. Yes. I'm not laughing at. I'm laughing with because I didn't it, know it's it either. It's actually a. It's actually a, a compliment to call to, to this be an Algonquin okay. table. Yes. Does that mean it just means you're part of an elite fraternity? Well, sort of. uh, that's yes. It of 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 people artistic, you know, right. talented people. Okay, that's what I thought. I'll take that. He uh, he also dropped a Magna Carta reference. Well, we don't know that. I mean, everyone knows that uh, in case the kids who might think that's a Jay-Z album reference, <laughs> it's actually, uh, it's a, you know, a 1200 A.D. Uh, reference. Well, uh, it's, well, tell them what it is. Yeah, why don't you tell us what it is, Brockman? The Magna Carta? You don't know what it is? You have to look it up on Wikipedia? I, well, look, it's just it's one of the most famous documents that's what in I the mean. history and so, of government. So I just type it, I just type of in as we do it. We, we know what that is but for the kids that don't great as he does it's it's, it's it's a it's for the kids who don't it's a it's a 900 year old reference it's a right. map cart, Come on, cartoon, man. right if you're gonna do this you know like let's source it let's source it why are you guys giving me a hard time about this <laughs> because you're winging it well it, uh, this whole show is winging you're it. laying it up <laughs> you're laying it up all right, it's the first document by the King of England, you know, yes. you know, limit their powers, protect their rights. It's okay. a very important document. It is a very important for, document. For governments. So one, one should not just gloss over. You got it. Great. So we mentioned the wild mouse. Yeah. Which Dennis is a Pennsylvania guy. It's, uh, it's a ride at Hershey Park. Is that what uh, that one? I had no it's idea. It's a what roller that was. coaster at Hershey Park. Okay, and a, not and the Super Duper Looper. Not to be confused with that. Yeah. Okay. And so, so Dennis, um, uh, he is, assumed he grew up going to Hershey Park. I assumed what it might be, and that's so that's what it is. It's an actual ride at yeah, Hershey. Yeah, it's Park. an actual name of Fantastic. a roller coaster at Hershey Love Park. <laughs> he he dropped a uh, uh, a Daredevil reference. It's a comic book. Matt mm-hmm. Murdock, uh, Ichabod Crane. Well, that's the headless horseman. Right, uh, the of patch, over, the patch over the good eye, and that that Raider <laughs> reference. <laughs> of course, uh, Ichabod fir- Crane now most uh, most famous for the way Tom Brenneman reads the Sleepy Hollow promo <laughs> right. promos on, on the Fox. <laughs> By the way, did you hear Billick got into that? Reading the, the sleepy almost, hollow? He, no, no. He read all, the almost human promo. Oh, they man. had Billick read one. They've been promoing that show for months. But Billick, Bill, we, we got to get Billick back on. Oh, we got to just to have him read promos. 
Let's not talk football. Just read the Fox promos and see how it sounds. Of course, it was the uh, first podcast reference of Vas Deference, <laughs> which I don't think we need to explain just, what that is. Well, that and um, it's just it's a it's a biological a timeless biological seventh grade health class. There's no uh, date on that. And, and also the first time I think probably yes. in the history of broadcast medium that uh, Muhammad Ali and Honey Boo Boo were mentioned in yes. the same sentence. How about uh, he said? There's some Honey Boo Boo in Philip Rivers. <laughs> Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers. I'm not boo-boo. even sure what that means. Which well, eye is the Raiders' patch on? Do you guys know? It's the right eye. I'm going to say it's on the left because he said they were wearing it on the good eye. It is on the right eye. It's on the right oh, eye. It's on the right eye. I'm not a Raider fan. Which so, might be their good eye the last 10 years ever since so that, that Super Bowl that, lost. That's going to do sap. it for our Dennis Miller Ladies references. and gentlemen, very good. Good job out of you. Thank you. Good job out of you. Well, sort of. I mean, Magna Carta was a little bit of easy, a <laughs> Easy latex. <laughs> I don't want to get involved. Don't uh, don't don't make me stop this car. And, you two. Don't make me yet? stop and Are turn around. On our way to Hershey so Park. During the conversation with uh, with Dennis Miller, the uh, the the news breaking out of Baltimore that Joe Flacco has called the Wildcat offense that the Ravens have turned to to look for a spark in the in this dreadful offense that has, uh, I guess taken the Ravens season hostage on occasion to Rod Taylor came in for uh, six wildcat snaps against the Jets right it worked in the uh, in the in the first portion of the game but uh, the Jets sort of sniffed that out moving forward Joe Flacco says it makes the Ravens look like a high school offense and that he has let the Ravens coaches know his thoughts on being taken out from under center and split out wide where Cameras captured him running the plays with his hands in his um, in his pocket. Wes Welker style. So, still so Flacco doesn't like being taken out from under center, and I don't. That that elite quarterbacks are not removed from the game, so a gimmick play could be run. Four guys you don't see in gimmick offenses, Rich, Super Bowl champions. It's kind of strange seeing hundred million dollars, and he's taken out from under center. But they need to find a, a way to win games offensively. They can't move the football. They can't run it. And they're still in the playoff hunt. So I guess you do whatever it takes. Well, Flacco, not a fan. <laughs> wow, not a fan. And w- w- you know what's get messy as NBC is going to be in Baltimore on Thursday night, and then perhaps the ugliest Week Thirteen game that Sunday Night Football may ever have moving forward. Because uh, NBC didn't flex out of it. You take a look at the other options. We don't know what CBS and Fox protected after the first month of the season. But they decided to stick with the Giants and the Redskins. Yeah, I was looking at this uh, well, earlier. They, let's look. If the Giants had won against Dallas, it would have put the Giants at 5-6, and six, the same as Dallas, a game behind Philadelphia, which has a huge game at home this weekend. Maybe maybe Arizona and Philly would have got flexed That's what down. a lot of people were thinking about flexing. But that, you know, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be looking for the Nick Foles down memory lane as Nick, the former <laughs> Wildcat from Arizona, yeah. is going against the professional team from Arizona. Cincinnati you know, a, and San Diego. So that was the question one? is what do you flex? There really wasn't anything that jumped out because there's, there's, there's three games removed from the schedule for – Thursday's four games from Monday and Thursday. Right. So that leaves uh, some slim pickings. So they decided let's stay put with the money division, the NFC East, which is referred to as the money division because there's most viewers. They rate. rate. They rate. Had the Giants won, that would have been a crucial game for the Giants. Instead, 
it's still a crucial game for the Giants. But RG three and the and and the Redskins are absolutely in a tailspin right now, and they're at three and eight, which is good enough to give the Rams the fifth overall pick <laughs> right. in the draft this year. Right. Because McLennan went on a, a and the Bucks have gone on a three game streak. They're in Carolina this week, so that streak can end potentially, as Carolina has extended its streak to seven games with a, a nails gut check win on a short week against a an opponent that has also the Dolphins. You gotta give them credit. Ever since this thing is blown up in their locker room and Ted Wells spent all week in their locker room talking to everybody that they were able to keep it together, let alone almost beat one of the hottest teams in the league at home. But Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers survived that. With the Bucks beating the Lions this week, they're three and eight, which is a better three and eight than <laughs> Washington's because of conference record. I mean, again, this offense has fallen apart. And everybody's wondering, as Mike Silver reported on Sunday game day morning, that RG3 has requested the coaching staff to remove his negative plays from whatever film sessions have been shown in the locker room. How do you get better if you don't show the Something that he denied and Shanahan denied. Yeah, can we touch on that? Because Shanahan said it was an assassination of character. Correct. And And that's why he addressed it on an off day on a Sunday. He did it within... 45 minutes of Mike Silver's report on game day morning. That's the second straight week where something came out of that locker room about RG3 the week before was about the bad protection scheme that he called on the last play in Philadelphia that he called the wrong protection and threw the pick over the middle as opposed to as he attempted to throw it away game over. And that came out of the locker room. That's the second straight week where something – has come out of the locker room that ordinarily doesn't. So regardless of whether it's true or not, where is it? You know, Silver's just not making stuff up out of whole cloth. He's got a, he's got a reliable source. Right. Otherwise, he wouldn't he wouldn't say it on television. You wouldn't report it. Last night in the post game, they asked RG three about it. He denied it too. He, he denied it, and he said, "You know, I don't know why guys want to assassinate my character." And the reporter then asked him, well, what do you mean assassinating your your character? How are they assassinating? How is this character assassination? He goes, well, those aren't my words. Those were Coach's words. I'm just repeating what Coach said that they were doing. It was kind of like you just threw Coach under the bus right there by saying – by not standing by words. You know, I saw a lot of tweets. You talk about the RG Me report that kind of came out. Uh, I saw a lot of tweets about this. His offensive linemen not helping him up yeah, off the ground. That's it's, what th- there's the, got to be something to that. That's the big story that came out on the BigLead.com on Tuesday. All the gifs, 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 gifs. What is it? We should ask. We, we got the perfect guest coming have, on. It's Gillian Jacobs. It's, okay, it's, it's got to be gifs. Right? Okay, so it's yeah. gifs. It's gifs in it's honor right. of Gillian. Yeah, we'll go with gifs. The hard G. The hard G. There's all these gifs, right? Of RG RG three. <laughs> Our good three. This is now, the hard G. We got to go. Now you sound like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Our good three getting blown up by Alden Smith, by Justin Smith, by the 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 Niners defense that put the bang thing on him on Monday night. No, nobody's picking their quarterback up off the turf or scraping him off the turf. Some of the hits he takes, it's ridiculous. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, hey, he doesn't get the credit. Like if Tom Brady was hit out of bounds the same way that RG3 got hit out of bounds on Monday night, they'd throw a flag, and they would because Brady never runs. 
You've got to if you're a running quarterback in the NFL, the refs are always going to let you get hit. It's unbelievable. Once you're out of the pocket and, and these the refs don't have to protect them, and there was another call in the Rams Bears game this week where the Rams are you going to stand right now? Blew up Josh McCown. I'm heading there. <laughs> they blew him up on the goal line stand, right? And a flag is thrown because. I guess they said that he got picked up and thrown into the turf, or he's, he, it just looked violent. Again, another hit on a quarterback that, in my mind, is legal. It just looks on its face in real time violent. The ref is throwing the flag. 15 yards. The Bears get the ball back. First down again inside the five. Touchdown. As opposed to a sack, turnover, Big-time play by the defense wiped away. It's that pile-driving motion, though. They, if, you, if you drive the quarterback, you pick him up and throw him down and pile-drive him, understood. Flag. If you hit him yeah, in the did, neck or above, flag. You didn't if, think McCown was getting pile-driven on that no, play? No, I do not. These okay. things need to be reviewed. Again, review them. Review 15-yard personal foul penalties. Review them. And I and I, and and Jeff Fisher, we talked about it on our combine show. We did. And again, it's the second straight week I'm bringing this up. And his response was, "That's a Pandora's box because if you allow a challenge flag to be thrown to overturn a personal foul, helmet to helmet hit, then do you allow the coaches to throw one when one hasn't been called? So you have to go under the hood and see if there should have been a penalty." And I told him there's already precedence for that for 12 men on the field. And if you count the number of guys on the field underneath a hood after it has not been called, then what's the difference between sending body in there to see if helmet collided with helmet, if helmet collided with neck, or arm collided with chest and made it look violent? But it's the same thing where you could call holding on every single play. Are you going to review every single no, play? No, there's a with difference. The this is a judgment call that can be over. That can be speed looked at because it is a 15-yard penalty. A hold and pass interference, that's it. It's like a ball and a strike in baseball. You can't review it. But if you can go in under a hood and see whether contact was made in an illegal manner, why not use it? These things are, these things are giving first downs to teams that have lost the football. That's a huge turn of events. At any rate, I brought all of this up because... I forget now. <laughs> Why did I bring all of this stuff up? I brought RG3. it up. I brought it up because of RG three, right. okay, which led me to the 49ers and the Ahmad Brooks hit, which led me to thank you, thank you. This RG three thing, it, where we've reached the point of the season, week thirteen in the NFL, where there's a handful of teams that we're watching because they are Super Bowl contenders. There's a handful of teams that we're watching because they're on the periphery of Super Bowl contenders and are clear potential division winners and playoff teams. There's a handful of teams that we focus on because they're on the periphery of that sixth and final playoff spot. Some right. of which are not deserving of that attention because we know they're just one or two losses away from being thrown into the mix of you're already on the clock for next year. And we're just paying attention to you now to see if maybe you can get some momentum in the final month of the season to build into next year so we can talk about it. And like the Carolina Panthers last year, we're talking right now, hey, they finished strong in 2012 and it carried over into 2013. There are some who are on the periphery and are going out the door already on the clock we're paying attention to because 
they might change coaches. We'll see what happens. The Bucks have gotten some momentum. Maybe Shiano's job is saved. The Texans have fallen apart. Does that mean Kubiak is gone? And then there are teams that are on the clock for next year that are such an absolute mess and where they are located and what means to ownership that we pay attention to. The train wrecks. There's one. It's the Washington Redskins. And they're going to be on Sunday Night Football against the Giants. Al and Chris are going to talk about it up, down, left, right. They put another performance like that together. And RG3 is scraped off the ground, and nobody's picking him up from his teammates. And Collinsworth is talking about it. What's their last part of their schedule? Give me the Redskins schedule. You got it. For the rest of this year. And you have to wonder, is Shanahan out the door? And if he's not, how does he keep his son on the, on the staff? So we know they have... And what uh, is going on in that locker room? They're home against the Giants this week, Rich. Then they're home against Kansas City. They're at Atlanta, another fledgling team this year. Wow. And they have two huge games to end the season. Home against the Cowboys and at the Giants. That one against Atlanta. I mean, talk about... Th- they're the two most disappointing teams of 2000... Along with Houston. And 12. And 2013. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd you Houston pick to go two. in the Super Bowl? Uh, I had the Atlanta Falcons going to the Super Bowl. Against who? <laughs> against the New England Patriots. Oh, I thought you said the Houston Texans. That's my I was, no. I was trying no, to no, no. You know, knife there. Yeah, the Falcons and, um, and the Redskins in that one. Yeah. I had the Texans in the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. You talk about division winners from last year and this year right now. The only two division winners from last year currently in first place in their divisions this year are the ones who played last Sunday night. Patriots yeah. and the Broncos. Everybody else has changed addresses atop their divisions with uh, a month and a half to go in this season, entering Thanksgiving weekend. And again, that, that Patriots-Broncos game, it was just mind, mind-blowing. Did you think it was over as a Patriots fan? No question. Yeah. No I was, doubt. I was watching the game at Rich's house, and I said I might have to go home because I thought <sighs> it was over. I thought it was just because three kids were crying at once. <laughs> <laughs> I would, no, well, oh. no. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh. Because and and the crazy thing is, is Peyton Manning was just and no Sean Marino as as Dennis Miller just said, carving them up, carving them up, and that's what they they clearly saw. No Vince Wilfork, no Gerard Mayo. That's a lane right in between the tackles that we are going to use like the Audubon. And they just kept sending one after another after another. But the turnovers crushed them. How many turnovers were in that game? You said nine, right? Because that's what you were tweeting about. There 11. 11. 11 fumbles. I think seven of them were lost. Do you think Belichick genius, everyone kind of just agrees to that, do you think he was just content to give them as many rushing yards as they could possibly get? And he was going to say Peyton Manning will not beat us in this game we are going to force them to kick field goals I don't know I I I just think that there are sometimes a team can impose its will on another and that's what they were doing to to New England you could sit here and say Belichick's gonna take your thing that you'd love the most away which is what we all say about Belichick in 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 a preparation week that he choose choose whatever's the thing you want to do most, and Belichick's going to focus on that, take that away. He's going to make you do something you're not as comfortable with to beat you. But when you're down 24 nothing, you're, you're getting but it was, beat. But you're it wasn't exactly beat, a 24 nothing because 
Denver was sh- shredding them up and down the field. Like New England Bob had Miller two playing. very costly no, turnovers no, what, that Eng- contributed to those points. The reason why New England was down twenty-four to nothing they is turned the, ball Denver, the Denver Broncos were exposing their glaring weaknesses. They showed everybody on film, and you're going to see it in January because in pl- the playoffs in any sport, if we mentioned before, if you got a guy who can't hit the cutoff man in baseball. The ball is going to find you twice in the same inning, Yasiel Puig. <laughs> it happens. If you've got a point guard who cannot stop a def- uh, who cannot stop a dribbler, if you cannot if he can't if he cannot handle the pick and roll at the top of the key, if you've got a, a point guard who cannot defend, guess what? They're going to scheme for it. Right. They're going to get hammered. Any sport, the Patriot weaknesses, the two of them are one trying to stop the run up the middle. No Wilfork, no Mayo. Right. That's a big problem. The other one is protecting Tom Brady. All year long they've been having problems doing that. And Miller blew him up. The second, that whole the defense, second turnover was... The defense, they kept on... They were in Brady's face. Yeah. They were in Brady's face, and then just the pressure went away. I don't know what happened. I know Brady was definitely making some better plays. And then the defense started making plays themselves. That was their adjustment. Their second-half adjustment was stopping the run up the gut. No, Sean Marino still got his yards, but it, it certainly didn't help that ball fumbled, Peyton Manning threw his pick, and sure enough, that is a big game. If you That should have ended in a tie. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We could talk all about, as we just did moments ago, what Belichick did and his strategy at the at the beginning of overtime, right. had that ended in a tie, we'd all be talking about, well, maybe if you started with a ball, maybe Brady could have gone down and scored a touchdown when they end. There have been all sorts of second-guessing about it. Sure. But instead, some mind-boggling breakdown on special teams leads to the Gustowski gimme, and that's the end of the game. And it would have been fascinating to have two ties. By the way, the last time there was a Two ties in the same NFL day was week two, 1973, before there were even overtime rules to break a tie. So we already broke down the AFC moving forward. And the NFC, real quick before we open the studio doors to Gillian Jacobs, you take a look at the NFC. We all know what's going down this week. The top of the conference is up for grabs on Monday Night Football between Seattle and New Orleans. And New Orleans is in a similar position as the Broncos, in a way. Could be one. Could be one at the end of the week. And if they lose to Seattle, they cannot drop all the way down to five like Denver can this week because it would just be their first loss in conference. Their only two losses are to AFC East teams, Patriots and the Jets. A head scratcher, just but it would set up uh, set up a possibility to fall all the way to the five the right. next week because they're taking on Carolina at home in Week 14 for the first of two Man. times over the rest of the season to see Cam Newton. Some big, big test you, games for the do Saints you like that coming up in the final. The, whenever the like, uh, we saw Denver plays Kansas City twice in three weeks. The Saints are going to play the Panthers twice in three weeks. I don't know if I like that so close together. I like playing the division teams near Late. the end of the season. That's yeah. great. It makes the races that much more compelling. Two and three weeks is a bit much. Mm-hmm. 
It's a bit much, but hu- uh, huge games for the Saints coming up. And, and, and while we're talking, you know, again, and, and you take a look, Arizona-Philadelphia is huge. That's 7-8 right. in the NFC. Arizona is behind San Francisco because it has already lost to San Francisco. They play each other in the final weeks of the season. So you take a look at um, Seattle and New Orleans at the top of the division. Detroit and Dallas are three and four. That's big this weekend. And San Francisco has the catbird seat. But San Francisco could fall out of this thing. They could. Frank Gore says that everybody knows how scary they are. Offensively, I still haven't seen it. And, and, and again, I tweeted out last night about Frank Gore twice, and people smelled it out that he's my fantasy running back. <laughs> I already clinched a playoff spot by that point. I'm concerned about it moving forward. He runs on first down, two yards, trots out. In comes Kendall Hunter. They throw a pick, nothing. They throw it in a completion, and then Gore trots out on third down. LaMichael James comes in once every two drives. What are we doing here? What are they doing? And I know this comes from a fantasy position, but if this is a team that's supposed to love imposing its will so much, that's a beast back there. How do you not run Frank Gore 25 times on Monday Night Football? They take on the Rams this week, and we saw it week four on Thursday Night Football. Gore crushed them. Gore absolutely laid waste to that Rams defense. Would you say this is a different Rams team, though? There's no doubt about it. There's no question about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. That said, they still give up running yards, as we saw Matt Forte still ran for some. Yep. I got to see Gore this week, but that's what's going on in the NFC. And while we were talking, apparently there's a controversy breaking out in D.C. because RG2 was in the locker room on Monday night, and people were wondering why he was there. Who cares, right? That's what I'm saying, though. This is a mess. <laughs> You're talking about a 3-8 and team with a coach and a son for an offensive coordinator who supposedly is not getting along with the kid that they gave up the entire franchise to draft. But and, for the Redskins. And, and, and everyone's wondering, is he, is he too much of a me guy? Is he a leader? Is he not? Does the coach really like him? Is he throwing his teammates under the bus? Are they not picking him up off the ground for a reason? Man, do they need to beat the Giants this week But if you're the what? Redskins moving forward, you're, you're stuck with Robert Griffin. Like, you, well, mortgaged, but what's the difference between being stuck with him? Mortgaged, that's not a bad guy to be stuck that's with. That's what I mean. But you unless mortgaged, he's a me-first guy, and you can't have him in you that You mortgage your future to draft him. So does the coach go? Or does the offensive coordinator go? Oh, the coach definitely goes before him. It doesn't matter how many but trophies it, he has in the it, case. If, if they're not picking him up off the field, it's not just the coach. When your offensive linemen doesn't, don't come in and help you up off the turf but if people after are, But here's the thing smashed, again. If it is an issue... That dad was in a locker room, and they said, you know, the 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 the, uh, the spokesman for the Redskins, Tony Wiley, had to address it. Speaking for Shanahan, this is this is from Mike Jones of the Washington Post, who got Shanahan's comment on Sunday in response to the Silver story. Right, said that RG 3s father came into the locker room because he thought his son was injured, which you know, so did the rest of the country. <laughs> Drama right? in Washington, never. But again, where does that come from? Where does that conversation – dad was in the locker room. There he is. Where does that come from? It comes from within the locker room or it comes from upstairs. That's a big-time mess unfolding. Wow. Let's get Gillian in here. Is she here? She's here. Let's do it. Could not be more pleased to have back here in studio somebody who lit up uh, the Twitterverse – as well as our 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 fan base.
by being on the show her her last time, and it's now the first time because this is now the second time, um, here to not only talk football but also the new season of Community that's starting on January 2nd. Good to see Gillian Jacobs back on the Rich Eisen podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I guess the, the pressure is sort of on because, <laughs> again, the last time you were here, a phenomenon was sparked because you so rightfully pointed out that the down system mm-hmm. in the NFL, first down, second down, third down, should be called chances <laughs> instead of downs, which makes an absurd amount of sense mm-hmm. to the point where it can't possibly be used. Because it makes too much sense. It makes too much <laughs> sense, you know. So I don't know if, if if you have. Very rarely do I start an interview off yeah. in the manner of. Do you have any anything for us? Have you come up? Do you have anything new? Do you have any questions? Yes, for I, us. I do. Okay. I there's something that I've been wrestling with, and it was a hot topic recently, which is the matter of pass interference. Okay. Because, to my mind. You can't have a call where you say, no, that athlete would not be capable of doing X, Y, or Z. So I'm talking specifically about the Patriots game, mm-hmm. which caused a lot of you know, consternation among people. How can you say he would have been unable to catch that? Because you don't know. People have superhuman you know, bursts of strength. People have leaping ability that yes. you don't know about. Especially him. Yes. The, the Rob Gronkowski. So how come you're allowed to say he would not have been capable of doing that? Because it's a league that uses the word downs instead of chances. Well, you know, I'm you know trying I mean? to bring these dummies into the 21st century. I agree with you in that regard. Um, I will share with you my theory that I had on the last program. Okay, is that the concept of the concept of a ball being deemed uncatchable mm-hmm. is like porn <laughs> in the fact that you know it when you see it. Ah, uh, okay. So it's so obvious whether yeah. a ball is catchable or not. Okay. And that was, that was for the, I guess, unporn like You know what I mean? Like, it was so, uh, you can't tell whether that ball was catchable or not. Does that make any sense? It makes sense to me, but I'm still wrestling with it, you know, Mm -hmm. because I feel like there are always these extraordinary moments in sports where athletes do things that you didn't think that they were capable of. Right. And you've denied him the possibility of being extraordinary in that moment. Right. What would be the acting comedy uh, uh, equivalent (laughs) of that, where where the the joke is there, the moment is there? And it's deemed un, unactable yeah, or something like that. Yeah, a double perfect pratfall with a spit take at the end. It's, How could that be possible? They say it can't be done. And yet. And yet and yet, somebody somewhere has done it. That's true. It's like a triple Lindy, Rich. It was yes. it, like a triple Lindy. It, true, they, they, uh, there were many New Englanders who did do a spit take, though, <laughs> at the end of that call, I'm sure. So so that's so it, that's one thing for you. I got actually... I, it's, once again, it's something that that makes complete sense. Yes. And that's, and that's why I think there was so much outrage about that. Well, I've made a lot of progress, progress since I last saw you okay. in that I now get into fights with people over football games so i got into a fight with some of the guys on the crew over the pass interference what do you mean by fight not nothing because there was there was a moment at a jet game this year where a a girl 
got into a physical oh, I altercation saw that. and that was, was struck in that the face. That was ugly. <laughs> that, yeah. that happened at a Patriot Jet game. Yeah, no, there's no violence on our set. Okay. Um, it's just verbal warfare. So it got heated. Actually, I forgot that they were rolling. I was not in the scene that they were shooting. I was actually hushed for the first time Whoa. in the history of community because I was yelling about pass interference. <laughs> <laughs> and while, while there was another, like Joel was doing. Yeah, Joel, his, probably fancy-ass Joel was doing a scene. So. <laughs> It made me happy to ruin a take for him. It's probably Fancy his best work. Joel. He was probably doing a double perfect, you know, pratfall with a spit take, and I ruined it by yelling. But Joel, uh, I was honored to be a guest on The Soup. Oh, yes. A few weeks ago with Joel McHale. You're a very confident performer, I have to say. Okay, I'm going to take that. I appreciate on, that. On things like Go On, you're a very confident, assured performer. So did perform- you see did you I see saw my- you. You were great. Where I, I played a very convincing ass. <laughs> it, it was uh, you. You had to stretch, you know. You so convincing, Rich. I wasn't sure you were entirely. Wow. Oh. But of course, it's it's just my luck that when I I get an arc, yeah, that the show is canceled. No. You know, I'm, I'm I would have gotten more of the arc. You know, that's that's what it's called in Hollywood, Chris. Right, Rich. I've appeared a, on Rich, cable television shows. <laughs> no, I know that, but not twice. Not twice on the not same yet. show. Not yet. Yes. Not yet. Yeah, you were a recurring guest star. I got it. I got two. Yeah. I got once, and then again, which officially made it an arc, mm-hmm. and um, and then done. But yes, I I was on the soup, and uh, when I I went in and I I I wore this Prada sweater. Uh huh. And when I'm sitting in the makeup <laughs> oh, no. area, Joel comes in, and the first thing he comments on, it's a nice sweater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a high said. compliment because From he, him, right? Yeah, he I, insults I everyone's clothing all day, every day. So <laughs> to get nice sweater out of Joel meant it was fancy. He wasn't trying to uh, build up my confidence No, for he's the show. never, ever trying to do that with anyone. <laughs> He loves nothing more than ripping people's clothing apart. So you got a nice sweater out of Joel. That's a huge accomplishment. Look, what would he say? What are the things he say- says about people's clothes? Oh, he'll be like, uh, nice shoes that you stole off a dead drifter. I mean, like it's, you mm. know, he'll, he, he goes, you know. Doesn't hold back. Doesn't hold back. But he, it gives him such joy and somehow he's able to do it and charm people at the same time, which is right. a very rare skill well, set. because he's a charming guy. He's a charming guy. And he says it with that twinkle in his eye and uh-huh. people don't care. So now this uh, ar- article of clothing that you yes. have on now, though, for those, um, for those obviously, who are listening yes. to this, you have on this uh, 85 NFC champion. Yes. Um, Chicago Bears shirt or is that a sweater? It's a sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. It's a sweatshirt. Okay, from their their I guess this was a keepsake from their Super Bowl victory yes. in in the Superdome, Super Bowl twenty. Yeah, this was given to me by my uncle Vin mm-hmm. when I was a child, and I was told to wear it every time the Bears played to ensure victory. So obviously, I've slacked a lot. Um, <laughs> or at least five times. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think I talked about it the last time I was yeah. here. Yes, you did. Yeah, you yeah so I, I decided to wear it for you guys today to prove, in fact, that I do own this legendary Chicago Bears 1986. Pretty phenomenal. Thank you very much. So yeah. who, who do the Bears play this week, Chris Law? Do you have that? Uh, I, I do, actually. Oh, I surprised you, didn't I? I had it up here. Yeah, because the Bears, so that means when the Bears this week, they lost. in a big game, they got a big game this week. After losing this past week yeah. to the Rams, who are they playing? They are the Bears are playing this week Vikings. at home against the Minnesota. No, they're at the Minnesota. At, Minnesota. Oh no! So this is what you'll be wearing on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I unless have you to. Really be... don't care. No, no, I very much care. I want the Bears to do well. I feel bad for Jay Cutler. 
I feel like he's had more injuries in his short time in the NFL than one should have. Well, that's the Chris Law jinx because Chris was on a was in an episode of The League this oh. year. That's why he's talking about his potential mm. arc. Um, an episode of The League this year with Jay Cutler and uh, Kristen Cavallari, right? Isn't yes. That okay. My co-stars, Rich. No so I like yeah. Them. yeah. By the way, Steve by the way, Ren is easy. Casey, uh, you and I are bad fun. luck. Why is that? Who'd you hurt? Uh, Robert Griffin III right. oh, is no. not exactly, and Trent oh, Richardson, no. not exactly performing oh, at optimal right. levels. They were in that scene. <gasps> with you me, guys put bad voodoo spells on Co- people. Color had some up and downs before wow. I got to it. Oh, wow. So, but that was, but, you ruined RG3. But RG, but that was prior to his rookie season, in which he was a sensation. So, yes. maybe I, so I, I'm not taking full. So what it is, is your jink, your jinx takes one full year to right. take effect. Right. So right, right now, I hope it's the, the season burn. of Community works oh, well God. for you. Right. Oh, God. Um, it's a slow the, burn. The projects that we're about to promote, good luck with that one year from now. Right. Okay. Oh, God. That's no, what's no happening. No promises on There's the next There's a callback to Dennis Miller here, but I'll just no, no. that. No, no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, um, okay. So so now, what? Where, where are you in the fantasy football season, right? Um, I mean, are you in one? Or I'm not. I have not entered that level of fandom. You're emotionally supporting Yeah, one? I emotionally support a fantasy football league. Um, I watch Red Zone every Sunday, so I feel like that's pretty good, right? Which Red Zone do you watch? There's two of them. Whatever you get on Time Warner that's Cable. That's the NFL. That's the Scott Hansen NFL yes. Network. The what? guy who makes coffee nervous. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> so if you recall last time, too, he does when she was make on, coffee nervous. Whenever you were leaving, you were telling us, you're like, yeah, I, I love the Redbox channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have evolved. I might not even know who you are anymore. I know. The Redbox channel. I watched first a lot. Chance and Long. I know. I've watched a lot more football, guys, since the last time well, I saw you. Didn't you have a notebook full of yes, questions I did. last time? So where's the notebook this well, time? Well, I felt more confident. Because I've actually, I mean, I watched the football game last night. I watched the Patriots-Broncos game the other night. I, I felt more prepared to talk to you guys about the current football season. So you come in with this with no notes. No notes. No notes. Note free. I am nope. I have bare sweatshirt <laughs> and no notes. Um, I could talk to you about, yes, how there were three quarterbacks last year who had sensational rookie seasons, and the mm-hmm. most underpaid one of them is having the best year this year, which I think Boom. is a is a case to be made for not overhyping yourself after a great rookie season. Mm-hmm. I would I would I would have a case to be made about the need for sports psychologists, psychiatrists in this league because I think there are some head cases going on. Like who? Or what? I think, well, I think I think sometimes Jay Cutler and RG3 could use, a, you know, they could have somebody to talk to that maybe would help them through some anxiety. I think RG3 for sure yeah. could use a little Dr. Melfi time right I think now that he, you on, know, the, on the couch. Yeah, and I understand it. I think that if I had an injury like that, I would be hyper-protective of it and probably way more in my head than I was previously when I wasn't worrying about my knee but I also think it's like you know you have a sort of game that leads to a sensational first season but it isn't sustainable because they're coming for you as soon as you leave the pocket and you start running they're going to try and kill you so you can't is really there, is there like an actress equivalent like do you do theater ever and like for yes. a line in front of live theater and then that's your biggest fear I have like not had that happen but I have of I tend to lose my voice which I think is partly psychological mm. So I would say that probably I got in my own head about losing my voice, and then that would happen to me. 
Have you ever tried to come back from a knee injury too soon? I have not tried to come back from a knee injury too soon, but I have had to perform while on steroids because of my vocal cords being blown. And I was like... Really? Yeah. Performance enhancement drugs. So you you were... I'm You're a, a user of Rager. PEDs. Yes. Do completely. you play for the Seattle Seahawks? <laughs> no. I won't go there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but I remember I did a play, the last play I did in New York, and I blew my vocal cords, and I had to take a shot of steroids like an hour before the performance because I had no voice. And I remember after the show, I was walking down the street. They give it to you, They shoot you in the neck? Uh, yeah. I think so. Wow. Unless I'm forgetting. It's <laughs> One Maybe would, one would remember on. if you got shot. No, no, it was a pill. It was neck. a pill. It wasn't like Pulp Fiction. I didn't get like a shot <laughs> to the heart. Someone um, drew a red X yeah. on your neck. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Wait, no, that's way more dramatic, but didn't actually happen. Um, Vinny Vega came in <laughs> right before the performance. And boom. I'm sure that's happened, though. Okay. Um, and then I remember I was walking down the street, and I was like, oh, I'm the Hulk. I can feel my thighs expanding. And I thought my jeans were going to rip off of me. And then I remembered, oh, yes, I've just taken steroids. But I truly I remember walking down the street and feeling like I could feel my jeans ripping off my legs. Oh, so were you able to – did it Did it enhance your performance? I got through it. I had a voice. Yeah. So. And you ran a four five forty 40-yard <laughs> dash at this very same time. That's yeah, impressive. Yeah, I did um, – Set the bench press record. Wow. Oh, my gosh. What was that thing called a – uh, pick six. That's another thing I did not understand. There's a better term out there than pick six. Well, I mean, it sounds like a lottery. That's yeah. Hit, well, the know. Schaub. We we were calling it the Schaub earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, because there because of the number of pick sixes that he threw. They oh, just, really? Yeah, it's sort of in the same way from uh, from um, uh, pulling a Munson. Yeah, from, right. <laughs> from why am I blanking? Kingpin. 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 From Kingpin. Oh, yeah. From the lexicon. Yeah. Right. So yes. instead of he 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 just blew it so many times, they just called it a Munson. Yeah. You know, now in this way, that's why the Matt Schaub was called a pick six. Gosh. But, but you were confused that the interception went for six points. They called it a pick six. That, yeah. That was the... I guess I didn't realize that you got six points. That was the part. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. The pick part, I think, throws me off. Mm-hmm. Maybe it should be called steel touchdown or something like that. Steel touchdown? <laughs> I don't know. I like that, though. A stolen touchdown, something a like that. A steel touchdown. Kind of like a stolen base in baseball. Yeah. You kind of mm-hmm. steal a touchdown. Yeah. I thought you went, I thought you were like referring to Magnolias, that sort of steal, you know. Oh. Because of the Pittsburgh background that you have <laughs> yeah. in that regard. That that also could work. Mm, I don't I'm know. gonna maybe we should put it out to the the internet to come up with a better name than Pick Six. I think that's a challenge. Yeah, I I, I think we're gonna and it can't be pulling a shab. It can't just no. be a quarterback that's right, constantly throwing a, a interceptions. Term. Yeah. Correct. Okay, so that's a challenge too. Again, yes. we're we're gonna make this world better. We're crowdsourcing football. We are. So the fantasy. I have that not you yet support, entered the fan. Yeah, um, it's not going well. Why? A lot of injuries this year is for this, a lot of people. And who's this? Is your boyfriend? My team? boyfriend's team. That you're a part of the league. Is he in? The, is it the Garland? Garland. League league. That I'm. Yeah, you. Kicking his yeah, ass. you're. you're Which team is his up. again? You have um, the Midway Monsters. He's the mid- He beat me earlier. this oh, year. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Not anymore. I don't think. Can we get the truth on this league? Because you're probably making up what your record is. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can tell no? you. Okay. No. I can tell you that he's doing is this, well. Is this co tidy bad? This is, this is co tidy bad because you're not fully bad unless you're co tidy bad. <laughs> 
And uh, this league, uh, I I clinched a playoff spot in this league. I can't remember how long I clinched. But a playoff you're still spot in first, league. correct? I'm. I don't know. Let me check because I I I had Aaron Rodgers as my fantasy oh, quarterback. Uh, but I did clinch a playoff spot in yeah. the Fishmonger League. <laughs> um, yes, because I'm going against uh, all of my buddies in that league that I desperately need to win, and I'm the only one that has clinched a playoff spot so far, and that is just delicious. It is delicious. I'm, Bravo. I, 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 as I, as I, because I write the league note <laughs> okay. each week, and last week I was performing so well, and Chris, get the, uh, get the time put down. I said that I'm very close to being a... a very incorrigible asshole uh-huh. about this, and I have reached that point. I'm writing the league. No, really? I wrote it. I wrote it this morning. And the it, prophecy oh, of Go On day, has two come days true. before you publish yeah, it. Like right? We said his character in Go On was a real stretch. <laughs> oh yeah, a real stretch. Okay, so here we are. Yeah. Um, I, I am. Uh, there's there he there's is the right Midway there. Monsters. Yeah. Who's he, he felt a four and eight. Ninth place in this dreadful God, league. God, that's not good. We have no. six make the playoffs. No, I am. Uh, I am in first place. Cotidi bad in the Zonka division, oh, having just lost to Nick Bakai's The Mile of Meat this week. <laughs> he is one game behind me. Gosh. Uh, the other division, the Butkus division, is being led by uh, Jeff Schaefer, mm-hmm. uh, our long oh, friend nice. on this program. Um, Stephen Hawking's cleats right. is nine and three as well. Um, oh, and God. and Jeff Garland's Lord Buckley <laughs> know, is eight and four. So right now, uh, the playoff bracket. This is a league that the playoffs will begin week fifteen. Yeah. So just four teams make it. Just four teams make it. Wow. It's a one and done. And yeah. right now, I would be playing Jeff Garland yep. if the playoffs started today. Mm-hmm. Cotati bad at at Lord Buckley, uh, and Stephen Hawking's cleats would be. Uh, uh, hosting the Mile of Meat, and I never <laughs> thought I would ever say that before, but I, I, it is what it is. It makes sense. Let's check on the Midway Monsters. Oh, God. Shall we? Oh. Let's check on the Midway Monsters. The team she's co-GMing? So here we yes. go. Here, here I am the, emotional here support. Spiritual advisor. Here, th- here are the three words that say it all. Oh, Uh-oh. No. Quarterback Matt Ryan. Yeah. Oh. Those right. are the three words that well, say Rich, it all. I, I, I have quarterback Matt Ryan, and I'm three and nine. It's just a killer. Yeah. He's been brutal this year. It's not good. And how, what are his numbers ever since he publicly disavowed oh, our goodness. nickname of the match role? In the uh, first three weeks oh, really? After he didn't like it? Well, here's give the thing. Us a, give us a He's, minute here. He, he, he came on. His nickname is Matty Ice. Meh. That's my reaction. <laughs> it sounds like it's... Natty Ice, I get it. Is, is that what it is? Have we determined that's well, what it is, like a, a high school nickname? There's a rumor story out there that in college he used to be known for enjoying his fair share of Natty Ices. Yeah. And then it morphed into that he's cold as ice. Mm-hmm. So everyone called him Matty Ice because of that. And I don't know if the story is true or not. Or it may have nothing not. to do. And it was, it was, he was in college when the natural ice was the beverage of choice <laughs> yeah. for a lot of collegians who right. have who, who don't have two nickels to right, rub yeah. do you want the official and numbers thus, here? And thus, and thus he was so good in the in in the late game and he still is as a professional 22 comeback a fourth quarter and and game winning drives fourth quarter and overtime game winning drives since he came in the league he has zero this year yeah. Um, the 22 led the league coming in, still leads the league since 2008. And I know this fact off the top of my head because I was in Atlanta last week preparing for that game. So Matt, Matty Ice scary, zero how? this year. Ugh. And so ever since when he came on last year, yeah. hold on a minute, Chris Brockman. I'm ready. When, when, I, when he came on last year, yeah. I said to him, what do you think of the nickname Matty Ice? Fully thinking that he and I would share the same reaction that you had, which was, Right. So he says, what else do you have? Okay. 
fully yeah, knowing, though, the that door. the people that have been fans of his and who have been calling him Matty Ice might be antagonized mm-hmm. by any other push for a nickname. We came up with The Natural. I like it. Thank you. I, I like it. Thank you. We didn't even think it needed to be workshopped. No. We just went right with it. Went right with it. That we, was a great first draft, guys. You're like the Jack Burdett of We nicknames. are the Jack Burdetts of nicknames, <laughs> although we, we talk a lot more than Jack. <laughs> well, Rich. So, so, he, so this year, he went through it last year, yeah. almost went to the Super Bowl. We were taking credit for it because we were nicknaming him the match rule. This year, he hasn't been doing as well. Mm-hmm. Steve Mariucci, our coach, went and yeah. interviewed him in Atlanta a month ago and said, Rich Eisen has been naming you the Matril, and what you know, which one do you prefer, the yeah. Matril or Matty Ice? And he, I think he was trying to be funny. Oh, no. He did shit all over it. <gasps> he did absolutely poop entirely over it and said, I'm going to go with Matty Ice and give me the numbers of his, of his play. Well, Rich. Since publicly disavowing our hard work. Well, as the Matril, Rich, he yeah. had... 13 touchdowns to three interceptions and a quarterback rating near 100. Okay. Wow. And then what happened? After he took a dump all over the match roll, the, Fal- <laughs> the Falcons have lost five, five in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maddie has five touchdowns to nine interceptions Eek. and a QB rating near 70. Three multiple interception games. So has he been dealing with um, stolen touchdowns then? Stolen touchdowns. Has he thrown a Vulture. stolen touchdown? Has, not, he, stole, has he thrown a, a stolen touchdown? Those stats are not readily available. Oh. I'm not sure. <laughs> These are the things I care about. Oh, I thought of something else I care about. Yes. I would like to pitch myself for um, your Sunday morning broadcast because I think I could be an asset to coming out of the tunnel. <laughs> I think I could I could help you guys with that. You know the story? It, it, the story behind it is my, my, my little boys love saying the word tunnel. <laughs> so I would, my two years, three years ago when I started doing the show, my son was two and anytime we went through a tunnel, he would raise his hands and go, tunnel, one of the first words he ever said. So, I started doing that on yeah. the air as like a little Carol Burnett tug of the year yeah. to a two-year-old, and um, and it's stuck. Now we all <laughs> now we all act like complete children. I would love for you want to do yeah. a guest tunnel. Uh huh. Come any Sunday. I would love to. So you can come anytime great. you want. Okay, great. The, the door is completely open Sweet. to you. Certainly, since again, uh, Chris, yeah. your your boyfriend, the owner of Midway Monsters, <laughs> oh, needs needs a shoulder to cry on, <laughs> and I'm more than willing to provide it. <laughs> I'm you more than willing or to provide gloat it. in his face, I either one. I know. It could vacillate between eight, the two. At four and eight, oh. he is way out of the playoffs. Oh. Uh, Brandon Marshall's a good wide receiver yeah, to have. Yeah, that's right. I thought that was not uh, bad. Steve Smith is another one. Terrence Williams, clearly a, a waiver wire pickup midseason. Uh-huh. His running backs, uh, DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, Fred Jackson. I don't know. Vernon Davis is a tight end. is just so hit or miss. He was yeah. hit this week. He does have nine touchdowns. Here's, here's also the issue, too. We need to chat with Chris. He's got two kickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two kickers. Two kickers, neither of whom have been on a bye at all in recent the days. The guy hawking kickers are people, too, T-shirt. Yeah, it I was going to say. No, listen. Kickers are people, too, but kickers, fantasy kickers are not bench strength. <laughs> Fair enough. We could make a T-shirt. He's stashing. He stashed he's a kicker. stashing somebody. Two kickers, two defenses yeah. is really all you need he's to know. Stashing. That's the, these are these are these are these are the deadly eleven words Uh-oh. for oh, fantasy no. football. Uh-oh. Quarterback Matt Ryan. Yeah. Two kickers. <laughs> 
two defenses. <laughs> I think right? that That's he ten would, words. I would say in his defense, I heard something about having to do the auto draft because he couldn't be there for the draft. That's oh, where you should have stepped up and drafted his something. team. These are those aren't ten words, by the way. Either those are seven. <laughs> that was, <words>. yes. <laughs> um, by the way, that is just we can't have excuses like all that. All right, all right, Gillian. I, you know, I, mean, I don't know the full picture. I I don't have an explanation for the two kickers. I just remember hearing something about an auto draft and frustration. So auto draft is just it, it it just it it takes the personal out of it. Yeah, that's for sure. And it gives you two t- was, kickers. <laughs> do you remember what he was doing? That he he, he could not uh, uh, physically be available for the draft like I, I was. I don't think I'm to blame, but there's always a possibility <laughs> that I'm somehow <laughs> to blame. Um, oh my I'm going to let myself R- off the Rich, hook. Rich, I got four more deadly words for fantasy football, and that is what, what? running back Stephen Ridley. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's been he's been he's Little been brother. fumbling it. Okay, so let's talk about okay. let's talk about some of your films that are okay. There, there is a a film that is currently out on demand on demand. Yes, and it is called Bad Milo mm-hmm. with the hilarious Ken Marino. Correct. It, it, the, uh, did he do the triple threat? Direct, no. write, and act. No. Okay. We are both. He can do that. I know he can. We are both for hire on this one. Okay. Um, unlike Burning Love, which I think is his masterwork. Um, yeah, that was. It, here's the thing with Bad Milo. I cannot do the plot of this film justice. <laughs> you must describe what All this right. film is about, please. Bad Milo is a film about a man played by Ken Marino mm-hmm. who has a demon living in his butt mm-hmm. that comes out of his butt, mm-hmm. kills the people that are stressing him out, and then returns into his ass. Um, Okay. I think you should watch the trailer, everyone, and um, make sure that you see a picture of Bad Milo himself because I think he is perhaps the cutest anal demon that has ever been captured on film. <laughs> well, it's 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 sort of an. Uh, there's a great picture of you uh, where you're screaming yeah. uh, uh, at Milo. Correct. And Milo, who is uh, seemingly attacking you yep. right here. You, yeah. Let's put it this way: Milo is in attack posture. The right now. <laughs> he is. And and. <laughs> But he's a very E.T. looking like yes. creature. He looks like E.T. made out of intestines. <laughs> That's like how a, I would describe him. Like a him. mini Jabba the Hutt? Yes. He's little a, Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. He looks E.T. like, yeah, um, the mini Cooper version of Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yeah. right. If Jabba the Hutt is a full-size vehicle, Bad Milo is the mini Cooper. He, he's, an, he's, an, he's an extra intestinal. Is that what yeah. he is? is <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the word is. In, intra, he's I.T. Intra Intratestinal. Yeah. He's intratestinal. Patrick Warburton in the yes. film. Yes. Oh, very Putty. funny. Yes. Oh, yeah. Putty is in the film. Um, Mary Kay Place plays Ken's mom. Stephen Root, who's oh, amazing. Stephen Root is very funny. Yes. Also great in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Correct. Love him in yeah. Boardwalk Empire. And But Stephen Root... It, 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 it begins, the beginning, middle, and, and end of his conversation is office space. Oh, yes. In my mind. Correct. Where he played um, that, you know. Uh, Mel, 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 uh, oh, gosh. Well, what? he he was a guy who blew, he blew up the, uh, he blew up the, the office. Melvin. Yeah. The, the, Melvin. Yeah, the stapler. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see my stapler. Is he in news radio, too? Oh, sure. He's, a, I mean, he's, the man he's as good as it gets. works. I, I wish I worked as much as Steven Root. He does not stop. So, yeah, he plays Ken's dad. It's a really good cast. Mm-hmm. 
So please, please check it out. And where do you? Where is that an iTunes situation? Yeah, you can do it on, on iTunes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the description on um, that's attached on the IMDb page is a little bit more PG rated. Mm-hmm. It's a horror comedy <laughs> centered on a guy who learns that his unusual stomach problems are being caused by a demon living in his intestines. That's so, very polite. H- horror comedy shot that way on purpose, yes. not like the Human Centipede <laughs> shot as like a true yeah, it's horror not movie. It's not no. like Sharknado. It's not- yeah. Was, it's not it's not unintentionally yes. funny. Yes, no, it's it's intentionally funny. Okay. Um but it also has a sweetness to it because it's kind of a, at its center, it's at its intestinal core mm-hmm. um about a man who's, you know, learning to overcome of some of his fears and anxieties and there's a sweet father-son story there going on too with Steven Root and Ken and Marino. Ke- and Ken Marino's part of this group out here that includes uh, another star of, of Hot Tub Time Machine mm-hmm. 2, Adam Scott, Correct. is part of this cabal. I think yeah. is it cabal the right way to put I it? I like that term. The Paul Rudd, Ken Marino, Joe Latrulio, Adam yes. Scott, cabal. Am I missing anybody? Uh, so many people. I was watching um, Wet Hot American Summer on cable last weekend. and That's where they all met, right? Pretty much? Well, I think that the, maybe the state predated that. But yeah, that was, I think, when I first watched them. Um, Michael Showalter, Michael Ian Black... Led by David Wayne, it's a good it's group. The state of is very, yeah. Very, Amy Poehler is in that movie. Uh, Bradley Cooper is in Wet Hot American Summer. That's I don't right. know if you remember that. That is right. Wow. Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, they, a lot they, of great people. Everybody knows each other. It all goes back somehow. That. And also, um, Party Down. Yes. Is, is have you guys ever seen, Never Party, seen Down? Party Down? You need to. You need to go seek it out. Uh, Party Down, Ken Marino, Adam Scott. It's a, it's a it's a Paul Rudd produced program about a bunch of caterers oh. that are just try to make ends meet, live life, and go through some really hilarious situations. Very some true to great, form of L.A. life, though. Yeah, I mean, this is some great cameos in it as well. Jane um, Lynch. That's oh, right. Jane great. Lynch is. She was in it for just one season, though, right? I think because of Glee, she it, had to leave. Yeah, she she got out of it with Glee, and also um, Lizzie Kaplan, who, who is currently on Masters of Sex right now. Mm-hmm. Hey now, hey, hey now, now. Lizzie hey Kaplan, now. everybody. Uh, what else are we promoting of yours right now? You've got Walk of Shame, Walk of Shame with Elizabeth Banks, tying it always and, back to this group and the hunky James cabal. Marston. I know who's too funny for being that good looking he's gonna be an anchor man too <laughs> yes he's- i know i saw that trailer the other night yeah he's really funny mm-hmm. it's kind of a shame um he- <laughs> <laughs> why because he's just he's- it's like you should have one or the other he's pretty on the eyes yeah I- you shouldn't I'm- like look like that and be funny i met him at, uh, nice. at the um at the at the at the rudd um big slick event this year in kansas city uh, which uh, he Martin was there too, and he was nice, right? He was very nice. I know he's always nice. I know he's a good dude. Yeah. So that's what. What is Walk of Shame about? Walk of Shame is kind of like a female after hours. Is I think an easy way to describe it. Where Elizabeth Banks has a one night stand with James Marsden, loses her phone, her keys, her car, and is wandering around L.A. And uh, James, uh, me, and actress Sarah Wright are in search of her. We are her best friends and so um it's us wandering around la hijinks and sue and um i think it's a pretty funny movie that'd be a great um um fantasy football team name hijinks and sue Sue. what do you think that would be mine certainly because i would pick the wrong team and tears or hijinks would be ensuing or it also sounds like a bad morning zoo show (laughs) with with a guy is named hijinks (laughs) with a partner named sue You gotta have like, like you gotta have two year old Hey everybody, welcome to. Hi- Here comes the traffic. Uh, what's going on out there on Hijinks and Sue? 
Doesn't that sound like that? Well, Rich, traffic backed up on the 10, That's 110, right. 105, on the 610. Like. Hijinks That was Sue. great. You can make your own chopper, yeah. chopper noises. That was really good. Now, now you need to stop. Yeah, now, now, now you just, now just go really got to stop. I was trying. It really does have to stop. Thanks. Um, okay, you're, you're awesome. I love oh, having you on I love this being show. here. What is there? Is there anything else that I need to know? Oh, Community starts back on January 2nd. Right. For our fifth season. Not our final season. Uh, Thursdays, good. though, right? Yeah, what? Thursdays at 8 o'clock. Um, the yet-to-be-canceled Community. Oh, uh, don't oh. Um, No, but we, I, I'm are really you, excited you, about are it. Are you in the can, as they say in the business? Or are you still shooting episodes We have, right like, now, two or? more to shoot. Okay. Um, but... I think they're really great. Dan Harmon has returned to Community. Um, the prodigal son has returned. I think he's he's written some of the best episodes we've ever done. So is Chevy really Chase excited. gotten any more techno- he's, technologically? He's not on the he's show anymore. He's not on anymore. the show anymore. Law, get get on the. Well, get on the, wow. it doesn't mean when she was here last up. time she didn't still back shoot back. some stuff. And he's in a movie with her. That's correct, but we didn't have we didn't share any screen time together. That's in Hot what Top I was Time getting Machine at. Too. He's in Hot Tub we Time not, Machine yeah. too. We were both in that, but we did not work together on that. Oh. So I don't think he's grasped any more technology. I've not seen him in a couple of months, but my bet is he has yet to figure out <laughs> his iPad. The iPad. <laughs> I was a betting man. So community returns on the second yep. uh, of January. So Correct. right after, right during the. You know, you're not feeling great after New Year's. You know, you you partied a little too hard. Why not stay home, turn on the TV at 8 o'clock on Thursday, and watch some community? Get a sense of community. That's my pitch. That's what we all need. Go hard on the 31st. Right. You know. Convalesce. You, you won't be able community. to even open your eyes on the 1st. The 2nd, you're like, oh, I'm feeling a bit better. Let's turn on the TV at yeah, 8 o'clock. Yeah, just turn on and let's laugh at Gillian. And, yeah. And, and uh, what was your nickname for Joel? What did you call him again? Oh, I don't. Uh, so many I have. Fancy ass. Fancy ass Joel. Fancy ass Joel. Right. <laughs> 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 no relation to Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> There's fancy ass Joel, who you please must say hello to I will. for us, will you please? I will. And uh, tell Chris to keep trying. Oh um, man, in the it's, Garland. I league. know it's but, not. It's not fun. And do you have one last football? Uh, have we have we drained the 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 pool of your football mm. questioning? It's fine if we have. That's that's fine. I just want to make sure. Because, again, last I mean, time you were on, as you were walking out the yeah. door, you said you had a whole book oh, yeah. of notes. And we were like, oh, my gosh. I know. We were, it was almost like the end of Trading Places. Turn the machines back on. <laughs> Turn the machines back on. I mean, my, my forever question, which is like a big topic of conversation in general, is mm-hmm. concussions. Um, but, you know, I don't know that you guys have any answers for me about the long-term health effects of concussions. No. So, I, you know, that's just something that I'm always thinking about. And you know who's had a lot of concussions is Joel McHale. From back in his U-Dub days? Not just football, just <laughs> life. He's had a skull fracture, and maybe I'm, this may be an exaggeration, but perhaps nine concussions? Again, I, I have not been on the set of Community, <laughs> but I have been on the set of The Soup, and, and it appeared to be a non-contact environment, so I, I know. don't know where he's getting, where, where, where this is happening. Football and comedy? Yeah. Can- I don't know. Three, he's one of three brothers, and I guess as an only child, I can only guess that that is a recipe for a lot of um, head injuries. Well, it seems to working out for him. Yeah. Nine is n- nothing compared to the next guest, Rich, too. Oh, yeah. We have in studio. Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> oh, my God. That guy's head. The broken penis I'd be more concerned <laughs> about than the concussions. <laughs> Again. Another great name for a fantasy football yeah. team. Penis. It is. It is. And all sorts of avatars you can go with oh, right there. Man. 
Gillian Jacobs, you're a pleasure. I love having you on. I can't wait till the next time. Thank too. you so much. So go uh, right now. Uh, Bad Milo is available on demand on iTunes. Why don't you see some ET-like creature crawl out of the behind of Ken Marino <laughs> with hijinks ensuing? Uh, walk of shame where hijinks ensue, but it has nothing to do with an intestine whatsoever. Hot Tub Time Machine 2, keep an eye out for that. That'll be yeah. very fun. And Community starts another season on NBC on January 2nd. Good to see you, Gillian. Thank you. The lovely and talented Miss Gillian Jacobs, everybody. Good to have her in. Great second appearance. It was. Gillian, two it for was two. indeed. I'm glad she brought the bear sweatshirt. That thing was amazing. Oh, it was old. It definitely is. You know, Uncle Vin gave it to her in 1986. Six, right after the championship. And you, and you couldn't see it. Obviously, you couldn't see any of that stuff. She was wearing Air Jordans. Like, she was Chicagoed out. As cool as it gets. And now it gets even that much cooler. I'm pleased to have here in our studio a man whose uh, movie Bad Grandpa crushed it on the opening weekend. is still in theaters near you. You should go see it. Actually, with your grandfather this week oh, on man. Thanksgiving weekend. That would be really good. Johnny Knoxville. Hello, good to see sir. You, Good to How see are you. you. I'm doing very, very well. Wonderful. Would you suggest people see this film with their their actual grandparents? You know, last the... week we were doing a some kind of promotion, buy two tickets, get one free. Yeah. And so you could take your grandfather for free. But I, I, I hope we're still doing it this week. If not, uh, you know, pay Just for the ticket. Get back. <laughs> He's your grandfather. How sure. do you not pay for Come your grandfather's on. ticket? Yeah. How many how many people above the age of of seventy do you think have seen Bad Grandpa? You know, I think you have uh, the metrics, Johnny. Quite a few people. uh, A lot of older people have been going to this. Ladies have been going to this movie Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more than Jackass. So it has been kind of a family (laughs) thing. You know, good, good, wholesome family fun. Unlike the other Jackass movies, this one actually has a story arc. Yes. (laughs) It has a narrative, a paper moon type narrative. I get a kid at a funeral, and I have to schlep it across country to another family member and drop it off. Mm -hmm. So that's our best guess at how to tell, do a whole movie with the old man, and that's what we did. And uh, it was very tough, very tough film to make. How so? Physically well, or the usual physical issues? Or? Well, no. I'm talking about logistical. I, I was in makeup three hours a day. Uh, the whole movie uh, <laughs> is – well, not the whole movie. We have a narrative, but a large part of it is based on public pranks, and public pranks are the hardest thing we do because you never know what you're going to get, and you have to shoot and shoot and shoot until you get something. And I'm shooting with a kid who has limited hours. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's It was a crazy movie to do. So the public – aspect of it does that give you extra i guess adrenaline when you're doing that because of just the tightrope that you're walking here it's it's less controlled of an environment than obviously your previous films well you know in in jackass movies we do uh a few public sure pranks but mostly that's with the irving character but uh the rest of the time it's pranks we're pranking the cast because after the first movie you know it's tough to go out and prank the public so let's turn it on each other mm-hmm. and um uh it was it's it's very it's complete it's almost completely uncontrolled when you're pranking the public because you don't know you know sometimes people get excited they want to punch you or they <laughs> and i got a kid with me i have to control yeah. emotions and it's very nerve-wracking somebody took a swing at you so you're saying no i'm very good at getting you to that moment 
and then calming you down, and then taking you back up, and then calming you down. I can manipulate things that, that way. That convenience store woman was legitimately very angry with you. Oh, yeah. She she probably would have. You know, we had two days in a row. Two day, Usually after we prank someone, we I go out, and then we send people in to get their releases. Yes. And we've had these people with us a long time, and they're very good at what we they do. And this woman would not calm down, and... <laughs> We're like, hey, we're shooting a movie, and, you know, thank you for being such a good sport. And she l- let a few, uh, you know, a string of obscenities fly, <laughs> and she said, I effing quit. Mm-hmm. And just, she quit her job. <laughs> you caused her to quit her job. She told the owner, the owner's like, no, qu- calm down, you know, because what we always do, we, we, we check with the owner. We have him sign. Don't tell the employees. But we, we need uh, okay. the location fee because otherwise we'll shoot this footage, get great stuff, and then the owner won't sign and we have nothing. So we always get the owner to sign. And that's an ace in the hole because if the owner signed, he'll get the employee to sign most every time. But this time she says, F you, I quit. And the day before we were doing another store and another lady, it was her uncle who she was working for. He's like, hey, I signed. It's okay. She's like, F you, I quit. <laughs> We had two different people <laughs> quit two days in a row. The cleanup crew couldn't convince them? No, no. They oh. just, not even the cleanup crew. And, but they eventually both went back to their jobs. The, oh, I think well, that's the, good. The, the lady outside took those. She was about a week before she went back to her job. It was that jarring an experience? It was that scarring and jarring an, uh, an experience? I don't know him? if she was scarred. She was just pissed. She was just, <laughs> you know? <laughs> she comes running out of that store like a bat out of Haiti. No. Oh. Now, when you're in the middle of this stuff, though, and you're realizing that you are totally pulling somebody's chain, mm. do you at any point in time feel, like, bad or guilty at all? And how do you fight through that? Because this stuff is... Hilarious, but it takes a set of Musburgers to really go through with all of this stuff. Well, it depends on the circumstance. Like when I had that lady hot and she was screaming, Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily feel bad, uh, (laughs) quite honestly. Uh, And same thing with the penguin guy. I I didn't feel bad. He could take. I feel. I felt he was a big boy. He could take it. Well, he, he the claimed, funeral. He was 45 from New Jersey. He, he was. Oh, no, that went on for 30 minutes. Like, we had the most ridiculous right. back and forth for 30 minutes. Finally, they had to step in and stop me because I would still be pranking him. if it was. <laughs> I did not want to stop. But The funeral. The funeral, I did feel bad because we, for, for the people in the, uh, the, the people in the, the galley, what do you call it? Yeah, they well, yeah, the the, the, the mourners, the, the attendees, the mourners, the mourners. Yeah, for them to buy it, it has to be a real funeral to them. So, <laughs> what we did is, how do you prank a funeral when it's a fictitious character? What we did is, you know, I, first of all, I wrote a uh, biography for my wife and handed it to the preacher, mm-hmm. who preached a beautiful sermon that we didn't use, you know. But <laughs> he he does these things all the time. He doesn't know them know these people so he just he sure that's a oh, dead so body he was he was a mark too like yeah he didn't the know. preacher no oh, the preacher had no Lord. clue and oh, wow what we did is we, we had to manufacture mourners and so we hired a caterer a choir uh drivers and when they got there we said look this old guy he doesn't know anyone everyone's dead all their friends are dead will you sit in attendance and they said sure <laughs> And what I did, I did a whole 
12-minute eulogy of my wife, and I was crying, and people were getting emotional and crossing themselves. And the hook was set, but I was like, oh, man, they're crossing themselves. I feel terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And they're getting ready to see something terrible, and we were concerned about that. And we did it twice to make sure we had enough footage, and we had it ready to go a third time. But we said, you know what? I, we shouldn't put people through that again. They, they thought, they think they're seeing a dead body roll out of a casket. So let's not, we call it after two times. You did, just yeah. out of sheer. Well, yeah, we don't want anyone to have a heart attack, right? and we have it. We don't. <laughs> we have it. If we do you it again, shot, yeah. if we do it again, then we're just being dicked. They, 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 they started singing like an impromptu hymn at one yeah, point. Yeah, that's what I really wanted. I thought if all this is going on and I can get someone to sing, I'll be very happy. <laughs> And it's just one of those things where you just keep adding on to a situation to see if you can make it more see, ridiculous. I just love stories like this for, for a few reasons. Number one is just many people just think when they see these films that you're just going out there being a jackass and the, the cameras are rolling. But the amount of preparation that you have to go through to set this stuff up is monumental. It takes you, weeks. For, weeks? We have to shoot two weeks at a time because, you know, we'll go into a city for... 12 to 14 days and we'll have 10 11 things we're working on but you have to like prep for weeks to shoot those two weeks right and this is just in and and this is for your for the normal jackass films or for bad for bad grandpa because you have a Uh, a plot going on or there's a lot of prep for the jackass films too Mm -hmm. you know we shoot we shoot those two weeks at a time as well but this is mostly pranks so you really have to you have to find the locations you have to uh, think about the marks. Or do you, are we bringing the marks in? Are the marks at the location? Right. You know, like uh, when we prank the FedEx store, we know the marks are there, the, the employees, for the first round. But we need to do them bang, bang, bang to make sure we get it. So we had the owner bring in employees from different stores. Right. So... Got it. And yeah. and but with uh, at the and when we're pranking the bikers, oh yeah, that was um, a tense situation. It looked like yeah, that wasn't a ha ha funny prank. That was a, <laughs> we wanted to be intense and get <laughs> right. a little weird, and it did. And it did. <laughs> but we got a bar. We have a location. We have the bar, and what we do, we always have an inn. Uh, with that, the the head of the Guardians of Children organization. <laughs> We went to him and said, this is the prank we're doing. We need – we're doing it. We wanted – whoever we're doing the prank in front of, the, we're handing the grandson off to a father who's not the best person in the world and kind of a terrible person. So we need someone to be invested in the little kid and what happens to him. And luckily, there was a biker organization called the Guardians of Children. So we met with the uh, head, head – head of the organization. Yeah, and you went straight to the top yes, of this organization. sure. Right up the flow this, chart. This, the CFO and yes. CEO. Uh, <laughs> but he, he, gives us, he gives us intel on all the people, all the people in the, in the biker gang. And, and so we know who's hot and we know who's going to be really invested. But to get them there, we, he told them, look, I forgot. We told them it was some party for something. Sure. And it's free beer and free food. And <laughs> come by, and it'll be – it's a party. And they said, sure. 
So they're there. We had to import them, and we had to make up a reason to get them there. And once they're there, we just, uh, you know, ran it. We did that twice, too. There you was went another, to town. There was another organization that we did it on. And the first time, it was kind of, you know, you had to, we had to tweak it afterwards, make some adjustments. And the second time, the Guardians of Children are the Guardians of Children. <laughs> They were, They're not name only. They they really mean it. They no, really they were breaking the guy, the actor's arm oh. behind his back, and he's like, "I give, I give, so I ridiculous. give." He never broke character, but he. Oh. My so when you gosh. when you do something like this, and you have a the twelve year old kid with you, he's eight or eight. He's, he was eight. He's eight. Wow. Um, <laughs> dialogue wise, does he have dialogue, or is it? Hey, let's get to point A to point B and fill in the blanks here. Or how is that? Because he's an actor. He was in the fighter, right? The, the yeah. Kid. So it depends. Uh, in that scene, there was uh, when on the when I say goodbye to him, mm-hmm. I scripted that. That little thing was that was scripted. But at the bar, you know, because we needed Chuck, the actor, in the bar an hour before we got there, making himself known as the bad guy in the bar. So he was there being an ass to all the other people in the bar. And then we go in. Once we have everyone alerted. And uh, what was the question? Well, is, it, is, <laughs> it, is, dialogue, is dialogue for, for oh, the yeah, game? Oh, yeah. Scripted. So, some of was, the, the goodbye was scripted, and there's a lot of improv on his part, and he also has an earwig, and Tremaine got will it. give him uh, lines sometimes. Okay, got it. And Bad Grandpa, the sixth movie of yours to open up at number one. <clears throat> and the Jackass films... You have to go two weeks on and then time off just in order to physically recuperate, correct? You can't just go all the way through. You got to have a bye week. No, you need in yeah, a way, sort yeah, of like football. You got to have a absolutely. bye week. Absolutely, there's lots of injuries, and you know, and I think the guys, maybe some of them, you get into by the end of the shoot, there's a, a PTSD type of thing going around the set. <laughs> Like everyone's just emotionally and mentally, uh, physically spent, but mentally, emotionally, they're just because I'm always on attack. We're always on attack with each other, and you never know when it's going to happen. You can create havoc just by going up onto the set to someone, mm-hmm. and if they're not looking, just go up and just touching them on the shoulder, just like that, and they'll jump, freak out, freak out, and, and you like that. That that's you need to have that on on your set. Yeah. Oh well. I, I do like it? it, yes. The bit you <laughs> Whether we need to have it, I don't know. Well, but, I mean, that's how some of the magic happens, right? I mean, that, that you don't trust each other or you're concerned about anything can happen at any time. Yes. it's Living it's, on the edge is – because uh, that's what I want to ask you is why do you think these movies are so successful? Well, with Jackass, you know, a lot of people do stunts and pranks, you know, nowadays – but I think the spirit amongst the cast and the relationship is what makes it special um, because we do love each other. At the end of the day, we're terrible to each other, but we do love each other and we care. And I think that's what makes it special. And I think the relationship between Jackson, Nickel, and I and Bad Grandpa we're terrible. He's mostly terrible to me, you know. <laughs> but I love him, and you know, I think he loves me. And the, the 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 same spirit amongst the cast of Jackass, we have the same spirit between Jackson and I. And there's, you know, it's outrageous and silly and funny, 
but you know, there's a there's a sweetness about it, like a perverse sweetness and a legitimate sweetness. So a sweetness when 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 you're breaking each other's balls, literally. Yes. That, that there's yeah. there's that that sweet. Yeah, you scrotum can, busting that yeah, goes yeah. on that you don't sure. get anywhere else, pretty much. Nothing says I love you like a good kick to the groin. <laughs> oh, as we saw on Monday Night Football just yes. this past week. Oh yeah. Oh, you what know? happened? What happened? The RG three took one right in the. Uh, we call them the Musburgers. The, uh, the Musburgers, that's the, what we call them. He took one right in, just a, an Alden so. Smith Who? kick. Alden Smith came through, and I, I don't That's I don't know. That that wasn't intentional. It just came it up intent. there. I think it was a momentum Who swing. was kicking what? Alden Smith of the 49ers coming in rushing, and he was stopped by an offensive lineman. And poor RG3, oh. even when, uh, in the rare case that an offensive lineman got between him and a rusher, which has been rare, unfortunately, for RG3, I, I saw he a, still took yeah. one right Oh, in the Musburgers. Yeah. Poor guy. How yeah. many? I saw a tiny bit of the game last night. How many times did he get sacked last night? I think one million times, right? Yeah, I mean, it was. He was getting roughed up. I don't. I know. Try and, look and, 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 and unfortunately for him, as we're all looking at video of it today, and we're seeing how few times his offensive lineman actually picked him up after they figuratively let him down. And people are wondering if that might actually be an indication of how they feel about him. Yeah, because it looks like. There would, yeah, and, and and their protection, yeah, of him. It's not working too well. Four, I, four sacks. For four sacks. I did see. Is he not supposed to be? Is he supposed to not be a good guy? I don't know. RG three. Yeah. Well, the issue with him right now is whether he's owning his mistakes. And you know, after the Philadelphia game a couple weeks ago, when he flipped it up in the air in the middle of the field, and it got intercepted, his comment after the game is, you know, no one got open. So he just threw it up. No one got open. So I, I just, he just threw it. He's going to throw it away, and it got intercepted. His teammates are like, "You're throwing us under the bus. Yeah, you threw a horrible pass." And he said, "No one, oh, no one got God. open." Oh God! No wonder they're not protecting him. <laughs> they, like, they can't we'll show protect you, him. We'll yeah. show you who can get open. <laughs> That's what people to... <laughs> are wondering right now. Right. And a few weeks ago, your your buddy Jared Allen bagged him. I think three times in one game. As a matter of fact. All right. You know Jared, right? Yeah, I love Jared Allen. He. How do you know? How do you know Jared? How'd you meet him? Uh, I asked him to uh, be in Jackass 3D. Mm-hmm. And he showed up, and I, the, the idea was to catch a pass over the middle and him just run at me <laughs> and hit me right as I was outstretched. And we did it four or five times, and uh, he really hits hard. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny, funny that, Jared Allen. He... Yeah. It was, after like the movie, it was after the movie The Blind Side came out, and you guys called the bit The Blind Side. Well, we did that. I took, I caught a pass over the middle, and he's like, you know, I can, you know, I don't really hit people over the middle that much. I'm best at The Blind Side. Yes. And, well, you just wrote a bit. Thank you. Let's do it. That's <laughs> sold. It's one of those things you're like, yeah, let's do it. Oh, no, I'm the one getting mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I. But I how'd you how'd you meet Jared to choose him to be the, in on, Jackass 3D? Uh, we just called him. We just, like, who's one of the best? guys to get to hit yeah and he looks he's he's perfect you couldn't have chosen I, I mean of all yeah the, you know there there's a lot of guys who would fit into the jackass mold and but he just strikes me like that's you went right down you were you 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 cast that pretty spot on right there well he's very charismatic and yes. outgoing and he's funny. right on camera funny and it's funny and you know we were going out there to shoot it in and I'm, you know, I just, you know, I really need you to go full speed because if you don't, it's, it's not, it does, it's not good for the movie. It's not good for me. Uh, 
and he, he's like, man, I really got mixed emotions about this, but all right. <laughs> you know, he, he, he wasn't just... Well, because he knows how, how hard he hits. Yeah, in our in our uh, <laughs> our our guys, <laughs> so my the guys who the the prop guys, we they got the cheapest helmets they could find. <laughs> so it's just like shoulder pads. I hope you had. Pads. Yeah, yeah, but it's just. It, but it it had been better if they got great helmets because you know I think even Jared Allen's like I haven't worn a helmet like this since like middle school. You know, but anyway, it worked out. It turned out because you did a bit a long time ago where you were fielded punts, right, and got yes, yes, yeah, uh, against USC. Yeah, uh, I was in a Tennessee outfit, right, uh, I, and I, I wasn't very successful. No, I didn't. There wasn't a lot of yardage gained after the catch. They just steam one. Actually, one. They we did that five, six, seven times. I don't know how many times, and one of their guys actually broke his hand tackling me. Uh, you know, I guess. He probably he probably steamrolled me and tripped or something. <laughs> I had nothing to do with the handbrake. It was I was just uh, in his way. Do you have a favorite NFL team? Wherever yeah. Peyton Manning is playing, uh, I so now I'm a huge Broncos fan. I was a Colts fan. Mm-hmm. That's your whole Knoxville. Now I don't like the Colts. connection. I like Denver Broncos. Yes, right. So that's where it's that's that's where it stems from. Yeah, wherever Peyton's playing. You ever meet him, Peyton? No, I've never met him. I've talked to him on the phone once. You have? Yes. And Were you trying to pitch him on being in one of these movies? No, I don't remember how I even got on the phone with him. <laughs> but I remember I was at my house, in my, my parents' house, and, you know, Peyton in Knoxville in Tennessee is, it's, he's, he's everything. Yeah. So I was very happy that I got to talk to him when I was at my mom and dad's house. And I've I've met Eli mm-hmm. a couple times in, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Mannings and Peyton especially. Right, because Peyton, you know, Peyton is in terms of his chops outside of the football world. He he could be one of the best Saturday Night Live hosts. His comedy chops. He's really funny. I mean, just and, and not just like one of the best hosts to come from the sports world. I'm just talking about one of the best Saturday Night Live hosts, period. He's really Peyton Manning talented. could be that. Yeah. And, you know, he does the commercials. Yeah. He yeah. just, he's a natural. Right. Uh, and I, I said Peyton especially. Say I also, Eli's, I really like, you know, he's very sweet. Uh, I like him a lot. I, I You know, I just... Peyton played at Tennessee. That's it. You know? That's it. And that was 10 minutes from my house growing up. He's a volunteer. So do you follow any of the volunteers who go into the NFL? All of them? Or uh, some of them? Or s- s- some of them. Uh, well, I don't... It's been kind of... been rough Sparse. for, for a Vol fan. In well, I mean, Arian Foster is one. Yeah. Went Jamal to the Lewis. Texans. Jamal Lewis, yeah. right? Yeah. And who's the... Uh, we had a safety or cornerback... Who's oh, been Barry. The, Eric, Eric Barry. Eric Barry. Yeah, recently. he's very talented. Very good. He's yeah. very talented. But, yeah, I think the new coach at Tennessee is going to turn things around. Yeah, Lane Kiffin, is, uh, he, he, he skipped here, oh. and now he's out of town. <laughs> yeah, he's not very popular back home. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> you guys have he's fun. like, there's Peyton Manning, and then there's Lane Kiffin. It's <laughs> on the two opposite yeah, ends yeah, of the it's spectrum? Yeah, it's as far opposite as you can go. <laughs> But the grass isn't always greener because they did kind of run Fulmer out of town there a little bit. Phil Fulmer, who was the longtime coach. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I know for for Lane, and for that's Lane. probably why you've got one end of this, and there's there's lots of area in between. But yeah. that's it. There's no one. 
there's no one, I guess, to the to the left of Peyton Manning or to yeah, the right of Lane Kevin. Yeah, I mean, Steve Spurrier, you know, back home. <laughs> sure. Everyone respects Steve Spurrier is an amazing coach, but there's not a lot of uh, love for him back home just sure. because he wins, and, he, and he, when he does win, he – you know he's pretty cocky about it. So, but so, even Spurrier is is like better than Lane Kiffin. <laughs> you know, what do you always say? You can't spell citrus without you. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, so yeah, th- those kind of things. Thanks for bringing that up. That's all he does. We can't even get in the citrus bowl right now. But I think we got a great recruiting class coming. We got the number two recruiting class coming in for next year. There you go. So we'll. So you got that working for I, you. And excuse me if you guys said this. I was taking that. You did a bit. With Coach Carroll at USC, where you dressed up as a as a as a Tennessee volunteer, and they came and just crushed yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, returning punts. That's, that's what you guys were you referring to earlier. And I'm sorry, I was, there was a, what were you doing? Amon Green of the former Packers just called in. Oh, for nice wrong, name dropping. Studio so, you just, so that ringing of the phone. That was Amon Green. Out of all the people on planet Earth who was ringing that <laughs> telephone, amazing. It was Amon Green. Yes, Packers. <laughs> the former wow. Packers running back. Yeah. And I had to give a Nebraska Cornhusker, correct? Well, well correct. I had to give the Amon who because he says this is Amon, and I don't, you know. And then you said, <laughs> and then and then you're like, oh, Amon Green. Well, that's why I'm trying to troubleshoot. I'm not going to hang up on Amon Green. I'm like, who are you how would you? To reach? You cannot hang up. No, on Amon so Green. I called some guy in New York, got it figured out. They, oh, so you on. you you connected people I'm connecting together. Dots, but I apologize. That's great. No, I no, missed. no, no. Oh, what right. else? What else you got going on, Chris? Tell me what else. What else you got? Do you got a Making a hair appointment for later. That's it back here. I think your hair looks lovely, man. Thank you. Little shampoo and set, and you'll yeah, be out the door. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, what you, he's got the beard. It's it's almost the end of uh, November. It is rugged. Uh, we, rugged. Call, we call it a hillbilly. hillbilly. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit well, hillbilly. I'm a hillbilly. You know, it's all good. That's <laughs> all right. Moonshine. You got some. Yeah. I have moonshine in my house. <laughs> Do you really? Sure. That's for real. Mm. I love it. Do you make it? Or are you no, imported? I can't make it. You know, it's. Uh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, went, you know, I, when I you brought up Saturday Night Live earlier, when I sure. I hosted it once and and as a gift for the cast, I got a couple of I get I bootleggers, people, a couple people, sure. not bootleggers, they mm-hmm. a couple people. I bought a bunch of moonshine back home, mm-hmm. and they drove it up to to New York. Drove City. it. Yeah, you can't. You don't really want that on a plane. Really, <laughs> it's a little volatile. <laughs> it's very flammable. Sure. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, and they took it to uh, NBC at the Saturday Night Live and said this is from Knoxville and all the moonshine. And uh, I don't think it got past the lawyers because they just – it never <laughs> made it, it to past, the cast. It didn't even get to security is what you're saying. Yeah, they would not uh, distribute it to anyone because they thought I was pulling something over on them. And You must get that all the time though, right, where people just cannot – yeah, people think get a that little. You are being straight, right? Right. Yeah, you know, people think that I'm do, going to do something, uh, and you know, I don't really uh, go after civilians because <laughs> because you know, there's been a, even like even through my friends that uh, uh, that I know. Sometimes I, I've pranked a couple of those people. They're outside of the cast, and it's just. I don't know. They be they get they don't know why I'm doing it, mm-hmm. and I can't stop doing it once I start. So I pile on, and it hurts their feelings. Sure. And then I feel terrible. So I just don't go after anyone outside of the cast, and my very very close friends, what? unless they 
come at me, and then it's like, okay, well, <laughs> you just on. jumped yourself in. Why would anybody be dumb enough to come at some you? Pe- I don't know. Some people think it's fun. At one point, I thought when you know, I, I told these guys the story when I came back from the Big Slick in Kansas mm-hmm. City this year, which is where I where I met Knoxville here in uh, in KC at the Rob Riggle event that I was mm-hmm. telling you guys about. It's just right. an awesome event, great mm-hmm. charity, Children's Hospital down there in Kansas City. I thought in a way that you were – I was in, involved in some sort of a prank when you and I left the dinner event mm-hmm. and were sitting in the back of a cab at a gas station at 2.15 in the morning. And I think I even turned to you and said, this seems like it's something straight out of your movie. When the cabbie said to us, I need to tank up, do you mind if we have to get some gas right now? <laughs> right, right. It was like 2-something in the morning. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And then he... I got to pull down this dark alley to get <laughs> some gas. <laughs> That's what it was. And I said, it seems like something out of one of your movies. It, and then you said it was similar, actually, to something oh. out of one of your movies, right? With a cabbie? Or so, you told me that it was, it was something in a sim- similar vein that you had done. You, that one, or, the cab bit you guys did in Jackass with Jay from the Super first Jackass. Oh, that was right? that was in the Terror Taxi in Jack at the end of Jackass yeah, number yeah, two, yeah. where we uh, dressed Aaron McGeehee up as our version of what uh, a, 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 a bomber, terrorist bomber, would look like, and we had him have a beard. We made the but the beard, beard out of was pubes. pubic hair, right? And <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that story. You would have definitely, I would have remembered that but story. But no, but there's more to it. So we get them all dressed up that way, and, and luckily we got the, the pubes from all the cast in the crew. And one of the crew members had crabs, which we were very happy. So he's got a pube beard with crabs in it. And we take them, we tell them, we tell them, okay, we're going to do this bit at an airport. We're going to have you, you're going to tell the cabbie you're going to the airport, and then and he's got a dynamite vest on, and and Aaron thinks he's going to prank the cabbie and scare the cabbie. And meanwhile, it was Jay Shandrasekhar, yeah, who you know, director, actor, uh, and um, super troopers, and so, uh, yeah, a bunch of the stuff. And yeah. he, so Aaron starts doing his things, trying to scare. He thinks he's being funny and scaring Jay, and Jay pulls a gun on him and tells him get out of the car and beats the hell out of Aaron. <laughs> Slaps him, really kicks funny. him, gets him in the trunk. <laughs> it's. I mean, it just kept going. It just kept going on and on and on. It just yeah. kept unfolding more and more. It's one of the best pranks. It's one of the yeah, funniest it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. You talk about the other movies, uh, especially this one, Bad Grandpa. That's a Mon Green. Green. It's a Mon Green again. Back. If it's him, I'm patching him through this. Go, time. go, right? go to a, a Mon. I'm gonna find out. <laughs> does anyone, the civilians, the the, the marks, d- does word ever get out? Around town that you guys are here doing this well, that's, movie? That's another reason we go in two weeks at a time because we'll go to different cities. And we'll go to a city that has maybe a, like a couple cities close by because if you get found out, word will get out. And yeah. then then there's no surprise and everyone right. knows. If they know we're coming. That's why when we were shooting the movie, no one knew we were shooting because there was no announcements in the press or the Hollywood Reporter because we didn't want anyone to know. Yeah, yeah because... You, when you're doing right. pranks. And that's how you're able to kind of sneak into like a, one of those kid pageant shows or something. Well, what we did on that is we contacted the people in North Carolina who put on those kid beauty pageants. And so what they did is they put on a beauty pageant and invited all the people they normally invite, mm-hmm. uh, except, you know, we were putting it on with them. 
And oh, so it was your uh, event. Okay. It was well, they didn't know it was. They just yeah, think yeah. It, they thought it was those people's event. So everything's on the level, and you know. Meanwhile, we've rigged the whole place with cameras. And the, and, well, the host was he in on it? Yeah, the host had to know. Yeah, and uh, but the parents, none of the parents <laughs> the, knew, and they were just horrified. The and next angry. level of that is so good because these people were doing such a messed up thing to their kids anyway taking him to this and they're looking at your kid dressed up as a girl and they're, and they're like this is so weird disgust. why would they be doing yeah. this yeah. is so bad like, why? and the girl was like, it's like some guy brought her grandpa meanwhile these kids have eight pounds of makeup on they're spray tanning <laughs> and they're eight years old false teeth so oh. was, was that Dorsey Levins on the phone who was that on the phone <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was it that was L.C. Greenwood Sam Congato is calling on the phone who, else was, who, who else was on that phone no that's uh, that was a marketer I okay. don't know how this happens very very Good. So, do you, do you have any thoughts on the National Football League season whatsoever? Well, I mean, have you? I don't know because again, you're 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 busy. You got stuff going on. I know you've got kids because our kids go to school. Yes. No. So I'm, I know you got that going on. I'm really. I'm hoping. I don't know how many seasons Peyton has left. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I remember how Elway went out his last two seasons. And I, Peyton could play more than two seasons. I don't know. But I'm just hoping he just gets one or two more before what, he retires. Well, that's what I was saying because Elway won his at age 37 and 38, and that's what Peyton is right now. So that's what is this he 30, is. He 35 or 36? He's no, 37? He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's up there. Yeah. He's up there. He's one, one older than Brady. I, I, I really. Uh, Want that for Peyton? Yeah. Was his contract four years ninety or five? It was four. It was four. But guess what? If he wants to play longer, he's playing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's Peyton freaking. Brock Manning. Osweiler's not coming through. You know, Brock Osweiler's not coming through that door. Although he was trying to block the field goal at the end at eight feet Which tall. How, he's a monster guy. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, right. you see that? They brought it, him in. And uh, just one more thing about the game the other night. Give go for it. Uh, when the, when Wes Welker was back to. Uh, catch the punt. Yeah, you know to receive the punt, and he can't. He can't make the play, and he was supposed to. You know, he waves it off. Was it that guy's fault, or was that Wes Welker's fault that he didn't call it off earlier? There was the guy got in the way of the ball. It's. Uh, I think it's a fifty-fifty that the guy who's catching the ball, the guy who's coming down, needs to be have his head on a swivel. But it happens sometimes that the ball's going to hit the guy as he's running down. He's just trying to hope it's not the ball that hits him. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Dennis Miller phoned in. The, 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 uh, the guy who's catching the ball yells the word Peter out. <laughs> that's exactly that's the hot that, word. That's the hot word in the National Football League. Now, in many ways, it would be unfortunate if if the guy who's coming down that the ball hit was in fact named Peter. Right, right. And he's looking around, going, "What? Is somebody calling me?" And then, boom, the ball hits yeah. him. Yeah, um, it wasn't. That's not an excuse. But that is the 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 call. It's on at every level, high school, college, and the pros. Peter is the word that is screamed out. Oh. And it went from Peter to Dick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, That's exactly what happened. But it was heartbreaking because I, I felt that Peyton was going to get, you know, as soon as Welker fair caught it or whatever, Peyton was going to get get a field goal out of that. Well, it was either going to be him or, or nobody because, the, you know, Peyton Manning, nobody can operate the clock from the position of quarterback better than him. So with three minutes to go, he was, he was, they would have run plays to the point where it was either going to be them 
or 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 a tie game that it would be all over at that point in time. So that's did pretty it much happen it. like that though? God, man, it's I know. really frustrating. I know. But let's get the losses out right now. There you go. And uh, you know, don't have to worry about them in the playoffs. I love it. I know I promised to get you out of here, so I appreciate you coming on here, John. Well, thank you for having me. Man, in. I got so many jackass questions. Well, ask, there's a couple. You can get yeah, time yeah, for a couple yeah, more. Yeah, okay. a couple okay. more. Right, you can gotcha. ask. Uh, you know, you've done all these movies, the TV show, uh, favorite all time skit prank that you ever pulled. Well, there's a f- like, there's a few we all kind of uh, the when Ryan Dunn uh, stuck the toy car up his bottom. Yeah. In the first one, and got a X-ray, the Terror Taxi from number two, uh, the the giant hand, oh. the high five from number three, I uh, and you know the giant hand that is just that's a classic, that's yeah, all time classic. And uh, the <laughs> the the beauty pageant and the strip club from Bad Grandpa were pretty high on. For even jackass stuff, we thought that's as good as anything. Who, who scouted the strip club? Because that's so random. Well, that was one of those things that we had a location for a bar, and we had a set of we we knew of some dancers that we were going to, you know, they were going to perform at that club. We knew the head this this guy, one of the dancers is in charge of the entertainment. Okay. So he had his dancers <laughs> go to that location. He puts them on all over town and. Wow, things were going on. Things were going off in yeah. that club. It, it would have been triple X had we shown what was actually going down. Really? Yeah, yeah. They were getting down. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> fantastic. It was fantastic. I love that. How close are, are you? Because obviously that opening weekend, I don't know if that was ex- expected. It seems like the majority of the people in LA didn't expect with uh, gravity and f- Captain Phillips out that week. And you yeah, guys knocked them all, you knocked all out. Finally, so if all the, uh, are, are you watching? Do you watch there? that? Or do well, you? gravity had been out uh, for like three, two, three weeks. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of felt like. And they give us all kinds of numbers, yeah. you know, that, you know, the percentage of this is, you know, we kind of had an idea of what we were going in. to do. And we kind of, the, the word was we we're probably going to be number one, but you never know. Sure. I'll you, give him a shout out. You've got the best guy for that at uh, Paramount. Rob Moore? Bingo. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's in the Fishmonger League. Ah. He is. Mm. Dead yeah. last. I'll call him out right now. <laughs> Fantasy football in the Fishmonger League. Right now. He he almost won it last year, but Rob he is the best. Yeah, Paramount's been a wonderful partner for us, and Rob Moore's a huge part of that. Yeah, he uh, he is just he's he's the best at that. Anything you regret physically or no? Because if something's super painful, we probably got it was probably great footage, and the performer side gets overridden by the producer side. <laughs> It's like shut up. That was awesome. <laughs> That's uh, the, the and I, we bring this up all the time. Whenever we hear this on this show, the joke is king, right? Mm. That takes precedence. Mm. The joke, it, if it's if it comes to, well, should I do it or not? Or it's a great joke. It's a great bit. It's a great thing for the product. That wins out ten times out of ten. Yeah. Well, I, I write my stunts, so there's never like. Oh, should I do that? Should I do? I've already made my mind up. I'm doing it. It's go time. Of course, there's. Yeah, I like to. The, when I get there, I like let's go now. I don't like to wait to do the. The people who want to wait yeah. to do their stunts or like you're probably trying to think of a way to get out of it. I just rather honestly get it over with. Has there been? Know? Has there been one where where you wrote it for somebody else? They said no. You know they were going to do it. They're going to do it. Time to go. Can't do it. You said screw it. I'll do it myself. 
Um, y- y- yeah, but but you know, in in Jackass 3D, there was a bit that I wrote, and in I think on the TV show, Ryan Dunn, we called it. He tried to jump. We called it a river. It was a, it was a, basically a large puddle in the back of someone's yard. It was a creek. little little creek, and and he tried to jump it. He got uh, five oh, feet right, over right, and right. fell. And so I thought it'd be funny if we did it in 3D, where we had a little mini motorcycle and we tried to jump something like that. And I thought, well, since Ryan did it on the TV show, I'll say, well, you can do it if you want, but. I would prefer to do it, and I thought he'd let me do it, but he wanted to do it, and I was so heartbroken. <laughs> and up until he did the jump in the movie, I was still trying to talk him out. He was in his outfit, that ill-fitting outfit, and everything. <laughs> you, man, if you, if you want out, I'll do it. Oh and man! So it kind of backfired on me there, but it was his to do. I felt because even if I wrote it, because he he it, it had a tie to the TV show. Mm. So, uh, awesome. but he did it all. I mean, I couldn't have done it any funnier than him. So it, it worked out. I, I like some of the, just the old ones, like way back when you dug a hole and, and Bam's dad drove the lawnmower. Oh, right, right. Into it. Like, yeah, they're like, great. Even like, that just simple stuff is so funny. Yeah. Very cartoonish. I like how, when it gets cartoony. Uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, unfortunately, like with the road with Wiley Coyote, he just gets up and does it again. With you, it just leaves a mark. <laughs> yeah, and you get up like Wiley Coyote instead. Well, if you do it right, you got to get up and do it again. <laughs> you know, if if you land, if you land the stunt, it's like sorry, let's let's try it again. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we're not here to succeed, fellas. Antiquing was such a big part of college. For us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's very simple. It's very it's simple. Very Cheap, simple. Still, economical. Yeah. Can humiliating? Yes. Go see Bad Grandpa. Still in a theater near you. You're the man, Johnny Knoxville. Thank you. And I just, as long as we're plugging, we are. Uh, Please me, plug. Me what and my cousin Roger Allen Wade have a show on uh, serious outlaw country called the Big Ass Happy Family Jubilee. It's on <laughs> Channel 60 uh, uh, Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Out here. Five o'clock. Yeah. Specific. Okay. And you—that's when you—that's when you do it. What, it ain't what, what too is good, on this? But it's long. Where do you do it here? <laughs> Out in L.A. Yeah. Well, I'm in L.A. and he's in Chattanooga, and we we have a <laughs> ISDN line. That's the beautiful thing. Wow. That is exactly what it is. Yes. So what is it? What channel sixty? Channel sixty. Serious outlaw country. The big ass happy family jubilee. The big ass happy family jubilee. Just yes. like what we're going to call my Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> At home. And Tom Jones t-shirt? Got to love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I It's love not Tom unusual. Jones. Uh, come on. It's the greatest. I've seen him live in Las Vegas. I've seen Tom Jones. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen He's him. He's a hell of a performer. He's st- I've seen him recently. He's still got an insane voice. I know. And, and women still swoon. Oh, yeah. There was a dry pair of panties in the house, including mine. I was soaked. (laughs) Good to have you on, Johnny. Thank you. You bet. Johnny Knoxville here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Uh, For our picks for week number uh, 13, 13, go to NFL.com slash pick'em, right? Yep, NFL.com slash pick'em. Okay. Um, And do you have a a Twitter, Johnny? Are you on Twitter? Uh, Yeah. What is it? At Johnny Knoxville? No, it's uh, Real J Knoxville. Okay. So go follow follow Johnny there. Uh, Gillian Johnny's Jacobs. Johnny's got a few, few followers on there. At He's, Gillian Jacobs on uh, Twitter and at Dennis DMZ for Dennis Miller. I want to thank them all for coming on. Uh, 
happy Thanksgiving, Chris Law. You are coming over. I will. I am coming over. Yes, I okay. will be over. Don't threaten. Nope. I'm. I'm. I okay. will be there. And you'll be there, Chris Brockman. Right. I will be there too. Okay. Do you have Don't come by empty-handed. Hit the doorbell with your elbow. Yeah. There you go. And Jesus. bring some of that moonshine That's from right. the Knoxville oh, household. Could you imagine? Do you have any of that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> International shout out at Gary P.W. Hall. He says, longtime UK Dolphins fan. He's going to New York for his 40th birthday. Yeah. First live game ever. Dolphins at Jets. Can't wait. That'll be this weekend. That's this weekend. All Thanks, right. Gary. We appreciate the international shout out. Uh, thank you, Chris Law. Absolutely. Thanks at Chris Thanks, Law, Rich. at Chris Brockman. I'm at Rich Eisen saying uh, download the uh, podcast with Twitter CEO Dick Costolo, who is on our show, right? Uh, <laughs> at Dick C. But the the hashtag was asked was hashtag Ask Dick. <laughs> I knew he'd get a kick out of that. Good to see you, Johnny Knoxville. Thanks for listening to the Rich Eisen podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Dick. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, friends.